Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Hotline League. Episode three was it's so big, we had to get a third guest or a third host. Yeah. For we will Hotline add League. one new guest every episode. <laughs> episode yes. By episode ten, we will have ten people on yeah. the show. The show's only getting bigger and better every week, uh, and and we've got even. And he, by the way, he even figured out the color scheme for the show. It's it's great. We'll introduce him in just a second. But first off, I'm back. Apologies, it's been like six weeks since we've done one of these shows. Uh, Mark and I tried to do it during Worlds, just couldn't make it happen. Then both of us were busy, finally have a chance to do it. And what a good time. So much stuff to talk about. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, I got really busy during Worlds. That all wrapped up. I've had like my week off, and I'm ready to talk about League of Legends. Yeah. I went to Joshua Tree with my family. That was fucking miserable. I hate outdoors. <laughs> Let's get inside. Let's play with some neon lights. And yeah, let's yeah. talk League of Legends. Okay. And then this week uh, we have uh, an ancient ghost of the <laughs> past of League of Legends esports, Kelby Bay. How's it going, Kelby? I'm doing really great. Do you want I'm to introduce on that, yourself uh... for people that don't know who you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to run CLG back in the days, like first couple seasons of LCS. And then I went to EG and we got acquired by Twitch. And then I ran EG for a while at Twitch. And now I do sponsorship sales at Twitch where I work with EG Alliance, TL, TSM, and Team Liquid and help them. Isn't that a conflict sponsors. of interest? That sounds like a conflict of interest. What do you mean? Well, let's bring some, let's bring some people on the show and figure out if it's conflict. No, no, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I got, I got yeah, it. That was a good joke. Thank you. Um, but yeah. And so what? And so, why? Why? And we were. You wanted to do a show tonight. Uh, originally, it wasn't going to be Hotline League, and then Mark wanted to do Hotline League, so we were able to merge it. But what did you? Why in particular? Why now are you making your triumphant return to the, the League of Legends commentary scene? Because I missed it after esports and chill died, and I'm also super excited that franchising happened, and now we get to talk about everybody that's in and what they're doing and what our expectations are for LCS now that it's. Yeah. Bigger and better. And yeah. now, you know, like, just the, the whole scene has changed since yeah. Overwatch League and LCS franchise. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in particular you want to do for, like, the theme of the show? Because oftentimes we'll be like, you know, we'll take call-ins for whatever because obviously mm -hmm. it's the off-season. But is there, like, a particular thing you want to talk to, like, the general public about? Or is it just, like, all open, anyone who calls in, whatever they want to talk about? See, I was I mean, thinking, let's go, I was just going to say, I think we should go over... I think we should spend the first part of the show just going over the teams and the branding and, and providing our commentary on it and if what we think works and what we think sucks. And then uh, I think then we can start taking calls based off of that, and then we can sort of expand into other topics as well on the calls. I want to right. get your guys' opinions on who's in the league, too, and oh, what yeah. you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we run through all 10 pretty quick, thanks. Yes. I definitely want to open the lines to yeah. the, the people. Okay, all right. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to go ahead and push this live right now. So uh, we have, as for those that don't know, I'm sure everybody does now, the new uh, LCS has officially been announced. Uh, all the teams have been unveiled, some of them to more acclaim than others. And, uh, and so let's see, we've got TSM. Oh, I can't. We can't. Okay, production. Uh, we've got TSM. Golden are you Guardians, doing this? Yes, Golden Guardians, Cloud9, uh, FlyQuest. What are you using to control this? Echo Fox. Is this like Clutch motion it. control? Dude, There's, just fucking calm down. It's, it's all 100 Thieves, 
uh, Team Liquid, <laughs> Optic Gaming, CLG, and that's your ten, everybody. That's some high-level production right there. Can, can, can we go one at a time and like pause on, on right. the logo? So, well, we've reviewed the ten. Let's take. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, how do you want to do this? You want to start off with the at the top? Yeah, if possible. Okay. I mean. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's it should be too crazy for people to know that we had TSM get in. So no big surprise there. Uh, no, uh, no we're not talking. Change. We're not talking roster stuff right now, right? No, no, it's no, just... no, 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 no. Yeah. All right. So TSM, they made it in. Are you shocked, Kelby? No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. Unless Mark has a wild opinion, uh, I thought that TSM, C9, and CLG, and Team Liquid, which may be surprising to some people, but I thought those teams were 100% locks going into franchising process. Yeah. If I was Riot personally, for me, those teams are 100% locks. For the most part, I completely agree. I mean, we can borderline skip over them just because any team that has been in the LCS since the very beginning, as well as before the LCS, and for the most part have been competitive teams, I think uh, it was pretty pretty likely they were going to make it in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, those are the four most popular teams and the four teams with the most consistent results except for Immortals, but we'll talk about them Okay, we'll later. talk about Golden Guardians. So this is the... Uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, for those of you that don't know, are a uh, really big, I'm led to believe, a big basketball team. Mark, is this? Yeah, they, uh, they, won. Hoops? they, they won some <laughs> stuff. Uh, they have some superstars on it. Uh, they spend a lot of money. Uh, you know, all good things. Yeah. Well, so uh, get here. One of the big things that everybody talked about is that they try to like buy success and they spend huge dollars. And so like, there's been a lot of chatter about this on the... On the for the basketball team, uh, but for fans that aren't or people that don't know about the NBA, maybe you can help sort of explain context for that. I mean, so basketball is weird because there is a salary cap, but you can basically choose to ignore it. Uh, what happens is you get into what is called the luxury tax range, and you just pay literally double on your contracts. Uh, yeah. Basically, that's uh, same for baseball, right? No, baseball, baseball doesn't uh, have a salary cap. They just have they just have whatever. I think they're just completely open. Really? But they have, to they have some cap. limiting system, but I don't think it's. I looked this up recently, but it's not like an official salary cap. Yeah, okay. and and uh, there's there's a couple other rules for like exactly who you can get and how and when based off this. But for the most part, if you draft a couple good players like they did with Steph Curry, and I think they drafted Clay Thompson or they got him right away, uh, and those guys developed into really good players, and then they dropped the fatty of signing Kevin Durant, and that's when they became like god mode but they they had already drafted pretty well and were, were like on the come up and then they just kind of exploded with with like okay, getting the largest rename agent i'm being corrected by the way baseball does have uh luxury cap tax and uh and caps so you know baseball it's yeah. boring yeah shout out to twitch chat for correcting uh so anyway they so these guys have spent a lot of money to get a lot of talent for their basketball team they, they, they were on the right track beforehand, all right? The most important thing to talk about here is that logo, all right? I like it. It's been a little controversial. I like it. Do you, has it been controversial? I feel like it was interesting because it almost felt strategic the way that the Golden Guardian stuff got uh, leaked and announced because I think a lot of people didn't like Clutch City or 100 Thieves, and then Golden Guardians came out, and everyone was like, oh, that's not that bad, which, by the way, in terms of – I feel like – if you can launch a name and a brand and people say, 
oh, that's not that bad. Like, you have succeeded. Because that's a win. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No one is ever going to be super excited. Anything that's not outright hate is good. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that Riot blocked them from using the initials GG? Because I can't imagine why you would use GGS. Mm. I didn't know they would. I, I don't know. Because I, I, I assume, like, I just assumed they would use GG. And I assume right. Riot was like, no, you can't use it. Yeah. I feel like GG's probably preferred. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand Riot choosing to block it too. Like, GG is literally something the sh like the, the, the casters say when a game is over. Yeah. So yeah. it would be weird to be like, I'm calling myself the home run. Yeah. And you're like, you can't call your fucking selves the home run. Yeah. I just, I, I wish that they could have used it because I actually think that that would have been. It would have been better for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Kelby, how do you like the logo? I like the logo. It's not like something that is super amazing to me, uh, but but it's fine, and I like the name as well. Yeah, and the the logo is cool because this is kind of similar to the Warriors logo, right, Mark? Yeah, it's the same a color little, yeah. theme. Uh, a reference to the bridge a little bit here. You can kind of see it. Uh, kind of also looks like a spaceship. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice mirroring. It's like a two. Protoss sword, I think. I thought they also did really good with their announcement. It's a sword? Not a spaceship? What the hell? Their announcement? Yeah, they uh, they didn't tweet anything the opening day. They oh, they I didn't see. tweet anything until day two. Yeah. I actually agree. I like that because everyone like put everything out at the same time, and it's like there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. You know. I was being sarcastic. I was making fun of them for dropping the ball on that. Oh, I actually like it, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there were so many announcements. I was just like, I'm not even going to read half yeah, of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Uh, I read them all in anticipation of this conversation. So, okay, so Golden... Yeah, in anticipation of this. Um, so, I thought, you know, pretty good. I don't know if we have anything else to say about them, but I think it's exciting to have them in the league, and I'm really interested to see what they do, because... My understanding is they are not just like a successful team on the court, but they are pretty successful from a business perspective as well. And they've done a really good job like monetizing in the NBA and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hopeful, like I, I keep saying this in all these vlogs, like this, the LCS now needs to actually fucking try to be a successful business over the next couple of years. And I'm, I'm hopeful that these uh, companies are gonna help make that shit happen. Rev we'll talk about that. When we talk about rosters, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sure it'll come up. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's quickly go through the rest of these so that we can start yeah, let's taking get calls. Them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I we'll think, we'll start going I think quicker. So C a... C9 we don't need to talk about FlyQuest. Sure. Oh boy. I like this rebrand. Uh, closer to the Milwaukee Bucks color scheme. Also, doesn't look like a fucking Pokemon. So that's a huge step up. Yeah, I like the logo a little bit more too, but it feels like. Something from Toy Story, like Buzz Lightyear status. I can I can see that. Yeah, I um, think I I think it's better because they were the worst logo in the league before. But I mean, FlyQuest was the team to me, and Travis, you know, because we talked about this all the time. FlyQuest was the team to me that there is no way that they make it in through franchising. I was like, it's impossible, dude, and uh somehow they did it so i would love to be a fly on the wall during the conversations for application because they just didn't show 
anything to me as far as like it, if I was an org that was already in the LCS and already had my VC group, in my mind, that is the group that gets most heavily scrutinized by Riot going through the application process because like for existing teams that are already in the league and have established like popularity and results, you know that, or hope certainly, that with outside money, it will allow them to take the success that they've already found and multiply it a couple you know levels like CLG, C9, Team Liquid, and you know TSM probably gets VC in the future as well. For the orgs that are already in, like Dignitas, who already had 76ers backing, and Envious, who already had backing, and FlyQuest, like those guys, you already have the money infusion that you're going to expect. So there's a lot of onus for me personally in evaluating those teams and saying like, hey, you have the resources now. Like, you need to show me what you're going to do. And they didn't do anything uh, for me. So like, I... They had horrible branding. Uh, they didn't put up results. I didn't see them making an effort, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, well, and by the way, that is, if you look, like, everybody has these little, like, lines underneath them. Like, we'll scroll up. Cloud9's is like, entered the NALCS with a bang in 2013. I've been winning ever since. Yeah. Uh, FlyQuest is literally, like, coming back stronger with a dedication to long-term growth. And yeah. if you read the scene, or if you read their description, it's like FlyQuest are also focused on becoming the most fan-centric teams, etc. It's just very funny because like their whole description is basically like I tweeted this is like FlyQuest yeah. now actually giving a shit. It's you know, 2017. So to play a little bit of uh, the worst devil's advocate you've ever met, mm-hmm. um, you know, you talked about Dignitas, you talk about P1, and those guys tried, but they failed. FlyQuest. Right. Didn't even try. So maybe <laughs> now they're going to try and actually do a good yeah, job. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that little pamphlet they put together, at, uh, you know, Liquid had that microsite that kind of went through, went, went into the application. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just built the craziest, best application you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw TL's application. TL's application blew me away. Well, I think they so... posted something about it today. I retweeted yeah, it. Like a, they have a microsite yeah. you can go to. It's... I don't know what the fuck a microsite is, but that's what they call it. It's like a yeah. dedicated site. Yeah. So a website. But... Yeah. FlyQuest then like opening announcement video too was just like I don't know it didn't sit well with me dude like yeah, yeah, turtle yeah. at the end with the half turn like yeah are you ready or you no it's just are you because they went through the whole like black and Ola monologue and I was just like man this is who was the team oh Excelsior in Overwatch yeah <laughs> it hit me it hit yeah. me like Excelsior's met video hit me dude but I don't know we'll see. I mean, this is your shot, dude. I just, I really, I'm watching you, you. I'm just super fascinated to know how those conversations went because, like, yeah, because FlyQuest would have been near the bottom, right? And I'm not saying I, I don't want people to think that I'm saying this maliciously. Like, FlyQuest was like a shit org. I think they were just like a neutral org. Like they just, you know. And so I, I'm super fascinated to know how that conversation went. And I just love, love that their messaging, like Riot and their messaging, they decided on like. And now we're we're focused on the long term, you know, like we're as if before, like we were focused on the short Nothing. term. I don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't, it's just so funny. What, what I'll say, just to wrap it up, we're not being yeah. mean on FlyQuest, but just like literally, High said they didn't have any analysts, <laughs> and then their analyst tweeted, "What? Hello, I help you guys out all the time. So yeah. if you want to wonder how that team was structured, th- there's that little storyline." Yeah. Ah. Uh, Fox made it in. I assume I've said this before. I think Echo Fox made it in, 
in December 2016 when they did not sign a LCS Forever document. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is our application, right? We're not yeah. even submitting anything, specifically not our signature on the bottom of this LCS Forever document. Right. Uh, uh, the other thing they did, which was something that didn't get that much news when it happened, but they finally included it in the bottom thing, was that they got extra funding from uh, somebody. I can't, fuck, I can't remember who. It's at the bottom of the oh, yeah. the uh, little blurb there. Uh, oh, the uh, Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees, which people thought, like, you know, Rick Fox owns this team, but they actually, um, I think, sold a lot of the company off. Yeah, they were, but, they were always, like, a big VC thing. Yeah, yeah, they, they gave away a lot of control a, a while ago, so yeah. I'm, I'm just glad that... Uh, more people will see that now and not just be like, yeah, Rick Fox owns the team. Okay, Clutch Gaming. I like the logo, actually. Best new logo, hands down. You think so? Really? I like the Guardians I... logo more, but I love the idea of seeing us on a hat. Like, Man, this you is guys like, are going to hate my This answer. is a hat logo. Oh, shit. So I'll say I like it because, one, the CG works in there. They tied in the Houston star. It's simple. I like that. Uh, but it's still a step up from just the FlyQuest one, where it's yeah. just like, let's put our letters together. And uh, Dropping City is really good uh, because, mm -hmm. like, everything about that their brand now makes it so that you can leverage, like, the Houston identity to the people that it'll relate to. But, like, it, it could, it's, like, a successful, it stands on its own. Like, the, the I didn't even know, I guess that's the star. Is it is it a Texas Houston, star Texas. or is it a Houston star? Texas. Uh, right? I think it's a Texas star, but yeah. specific like Either other way, Texas like, cities use different stuff. Even if you saw that, you know, somebody who's in Germany and has never been familiar with like that identity is gonna actually think it could be cool to that person. So uh so these guys are the Houston Rockets. Um I it's it's super interesting. So for those that don't know, behind the scenes, like these guys hired Houston Rockets hired a guy to help them figure out their esports plans like a year ago, or maybe even more. Like they did the long term bet on on this thing, um, and so it's actually kind of impressive to see. And I'm very fascinated to see how that team performs and on what they unveil whenever LCS comes, because they've basically had like forever to build. Like think about it this way: they have been working on their LCS team for as long as FlyQuest has been. <laughs> so, so, so I'm super. They got impressive. a they got Shakarez in there. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. I'm tuning about that. Yeah. So I'm I'm hype on those guys and uh like their whole thing the rockets i think are really big on hey like we use data and analytics to help us succeed and so it's kind of cool that they and their description here seem to be uh, pulling that back in i don't know if we have anything else to talk about with clutch but that's cool nope okay now here's here's my <laughs> Kelby, is this your favorite because you said we're not going to like your answer uh thieves yeah, it is my favorite of the new branding. Especially oh, my the, God. Uh, Edgy tape, like, dude. Careful. I have never, ever. Yeah, 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 this wait, is, wait. If I ever work with Calvier, he's yeah, never yeah. in charge of the brand. Like, this is my takeaway. The uh, Have you guys seen the, like, tip style version that they did of it, too? Where it says just 100T or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the 100T one. 100T looks but, okay. So, so, the on the Clutch City one, like, I think the Clutch City one looks really good as they have it right there, all stylized and with the CG and, you know, particle effects. But, like, flat on the oh, right. on the page, I don't like it as much. I think that the, the 100T stylized especially, I like, I don't know. It's 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 just... Uh, you know what it is? I'm realizing. Right. But this I, is like, I do, like... Because Kelby, for those that don't know, was, like, a MySpace scenester kid forever ago. And I feel yeah. like this is this is what 
And this all makes sense now because everything I hate about Hundred Thieves is like everything I would have hated about Kelby. All right, like back <laughs> in the day, like this is this is like some kid wearing this on the black of back of a black hoodie while wearing tight jeans walking down the road. Like, and you know what? Yeah. There's probably a lot of people like that that are fans of the LCS. So maybe that's. Well, what from. I will say is at least like the, the name Hundred Thieves doesn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't like they were just like this is a cool name. Like it was. What too, it kind of does to the league fans. Like I don't well, sure. know what the hell Hundred Thieves is. Like. Yeah, but they're trying to at least like tie it in with a uh, Nate Shots thing, which is, I mean, you you could just come up with a better brand. You know, I'm not yeah. saying you couldn't do that, but it's not like this, they just came up with this. Like this is what people are gonna love. Like at least, it's not that bad. I guess in that way. I guess I just I'm trying. I'm trying a lot of. I hate I mean, the hundred thieves name. By the way, I hate the hundred thieves name. Like, do you hate it worse than the name FlyQuest? Uh, well, so I think that's a great question. I think what FlyQuest proves is that in a year from now, I will hopefully not give a shit about the hundred thieves name, and it'll just be whatever because I've heard it. Sure. But like, I just hate like the hundred thing. Like, I almost kind of like FlyQuest more because it's literally just like whatever, just two words, FlyQuest, like. Fly is like an aspirational word, and quest yeah. is an aspirational word. Yeah, they kind of feel funky next to each other, but 100 thieves is just like, yeah, there's 100 of us. We're the thieves, and there's 100. There's only room for 100 yeah. fans on this bandwagon, yeah, yeah, yeah. boys. And also, there's like... Getting hey, quick. No, I think Look. you're a fan of the 100 yeah. of the thieves. It's like, and there's gonna, they're going to be on stage. There's 100 players like, on the roster? Yeah, exactly. Well, they're going to be on stage. It's gonna be like, got, where's the other 195? Support, other game divisions. Yeah. Like, thieves, yeah. thieves would have just been a better... The thie like oh the thieves sounds stupid. You can't but, like, just do thieves. Yeah. yeah, thieves gaming or, th or something like that is is better than hundred thieves. Like, and I'm I'm worried because I've been shitting on hundred thieves a lot, and I have I've never met Nate Shot in my life. I have yeah. no formal business relationship with these guys. I've probably already got myself blacklisted. But uh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> don't not... worry. He's got like three million YouTube yeah. subs. You'll be fine. If if they learn anything, learn from Steve and just fucking meme your name all right don't don't try and be like no it's really cool because yeah. these reasons just be like yeah we're the hundred thieves yeah and just figure out some way to joke about it uh speaking of joking about it the team liquid tagline is one of the original brands of esports leading the way with pro development i love this just because of that stat about how many people have been on team liquid previously and then are now on other teams it's like yeah team liquid the the development house for pro players that's where they go and they develop and then they go on to other teams it's like there are more humans alive on Earth today than in all of history. It's like there's more players on TL right now yeah. than they've ever had before. Yeah. So on TL getting in really quick, if I had to pick only one team to make LCS franchising, it would actually be really close for me between TL and TSM. And I think for a lot of people that's really weird but i personally believe that tl does like their results have not been obviously nearly what tsmc9 or even immortals have been but i think that they do things the right way in regards to like thinking about things infrastructure development which i think will bear out to be really really important long term uh like a lot of the orgs i expect now especially with franchising locked in to do a lot more building out of their infrastructure like when you look at TL as an organization and the staff that they have on hand and what is in my mind ideal to support an organization they're doing things the right way especially 
in regards to account managers, fucking coaching staff, content development, like their content team, their announcement video, so good. I personally like their Magic announcement Johnson video in there. a lot. Yeah, and the and the the I like they leaning into the like you know the whole paid by Steve meme, which I think is really good, and the other like you know fun video that they did. I think that TL has a lot of things right in regards to philosophical approach and some of the executional stuff they'll figure out along the way. They have in other games, and I think it'll bear across the League of Legends, and I think we're already seeing some of it with some of the roster stuff that's going on. So What I'll say is, like, no team's great forever. Like, the Lakers, uh, you know, they had periods where they sucked, but they always turned it around for the most part. So I don't think, like, a two-year slump in the grand scheme when you look at, like, how sports really play out is mm-hmm. that that bad. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think it. They like, when you say their, their staff has been good, I don't think you're just – you're talking about specifically coaching staff, which is, I think, where people's, like, thoughts on it end when you say staff. But, like, yeah, yeah. upper-level management of the company is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I was going to say, let's move on to Optic. Yeah. So, again, a well-known brand. Uh, anybody yeah. want to take – Kelby, you, you know all the other esports teams. So, like, you should go through the Optic. I don't know yeah, what yeah. Optic is at all. They don't have a league team. Yeah, I mean, Travis, you know from our earlier conversations that I was saying that Optic was the team outside of the existing, like, uh, teams already in LCS, that it's already an established esports team that I was hoping would get in the most. Yeah, I did Uh, not expect them to, like, I was surprised that they took a established esports team over another traditional sports team. Like, I would have expected, like, I'm not saying it's a wrong thing, but given... Riot's goals and stuff. I was surprised that they took they like brought in another endemic esports org. They do they do such a good job outside like in all the games that they participate in. Obviously, especially like the console titles, which is their their real strength because I think it's the space that you know, when you have success in one you can lean naturally to another, but they do content right. It's how they have such an engaged and diehard fan base. Uh, they do merchandising well, and I have really been looking for that in the League of Legends space um, more. And that's why, you know, like I said, I really like I really like Legends. I really like what Team Liquid does uh, around the content of all you know their g- different game divisions. And I think that Optic comes in and helps apply that pressure to other organizations uh, to do that in this space as well. And I'm sure they'll be really good at it. Yeah, I think that results are so let, let, let's look at NALCS holistically a little bit right now uh, the strength of the league has always been its popularity obviously not results at worlds and I don't expect results at worlds to change anytime soon to be honest but viewership for LCS has not been doing as well as it had been it's been going down over the past two years and I think that these guys coming in helping hopefully create a good squad, build good narrative, and providing more guidelines for other teams in the league to do the same will be really, really good. And so I'm excited to see them in the LCS. I heard they're only going to use champions with guns. So I'm, I'm actually really, really excited to see them. Because <laughs> uh, they, like, but, I mean, Kelby, you didn't explain. These guys are a first-person shooter, like, console org, right? Yeah, 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 they started in Call of Duty. That's where op. That's where Nadeshot started. Yeah. Nadeshot and Hector really built that brand. 
and, and now like they if shot you, doing hundred thieves and yeah yeah. It, yeah so I think that like if you look at their YouTube following and their Twitter following like they just shit on every existing LCS team like it's not even close they they completely blow everyone out of the water um, so yeah I think that'll be really good yeah all right and then the final team. And I think right after this, we'll go into questions. Actually, here, let me go ahead and put the Discord info up so that people can, uh, can join. Let me, let me explain it sure. to you real quick. Yeah. Uh, so the way this works, guys, is go join that Discord. I hope I still have it copy and pasted. It's also going to be in chat in a second here. Um, and what you do once you join the Discord is get into the general um, voice channel, not just the, the text channel, but the, the voice channel. So I'll be able to drag you into our waiting room. Um, I will select people based off what you tell me that you want to talk about in the actual general chat. So we'll just say, you know, type what you want to talk about. If it looks interesting, I'll, dra I'll drag you into the waiting room. I'll make sure your mic and everything's working, and then we'll get you on air soon after that. Um, so, you know, if you haven't yet, join the Discord, join the general chat, and then we'll prompt you guys when to type in your questions when we're looking for new people. And, uh, and the questions I think will be... Maybe we can block out the show. We should have talked about this beforehand, but maybe we can block out the show. So we'll take some questions about the franchise stuff, and we'll talk about that for a while, and maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then we can come back and talk about roster change rumors. I think I think roster changes... Uh, we'll, we'll see what Twitch chat says, but I have a feeling that's what a lot of uh, Twitch chat is interested in. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe we put a little bit more time into that. We'll see. Okay. Well, either way, I just I figure breaking out the show so first we're talking about the, the yeah, team yeah, stuff yeah, and then sure. later on we're going like because i'm sure all of us are going to want to talk about the roster change rumors yeah. before we even get into the questions so either way yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a couple uh team stuff first yeah, yeah. for sure okay so uh let's go ahead and pull the discord stuff down the final while we're while everybody's pulling going in oh and the other thing i'll say is that we try to get subs in uh just out of respect for the people who sub uh but no promises and i think there is a way to link Twitch subs to Discord. I need to figure out how to do that, and then in the future it'll be even better. Um, either way, so CounterLogic Gaming, the last team to make it in. This is a joke. These guys don't deserve to be here. Get them the fuck out of LCS. Well, I've I, never had a good person running them. I heard Nick Allen rejoin what? them. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly, so Kelby. to not let them in, it's that Nick Allen is back yeah, in the league scene. Exactly, Nick Allen and Kelby... Just... I would have rejected their application on yeah. that basis See, alone. In my mind, CLG has always had amazing leadership. <laughs> Nick Allen in the chat, just going <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and they're just continuing the legacy of great leadership yeah. now. I think uh, maybe their most recent person is their greatest uh, mistake. Either that or the person that they had in like 2014, 2015. But, yeah. The guy who I was gone them. by 2015. Were you? Has yeah, it been yeah. that long? I left, I left late 2014, September 2014. Really? Yeah. Holy moly! Because I was there. I was there, 2012 through 2014. Yeah. Thank you, Nemsic, uh, for the yeah. sub. Three uh, years of Amazon stock, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm gonna go hop into the waiting room because it sounds like we don't yeah, have yeah. too much to say about CLG. For sure. sure. Do right. we want to talk about Immortals at all? Uh, uh, I guess maybe before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, so Immortals did not make it in. I think, like, no. First off, do we all agree? Not too surprising. Phoenix One and VN Dig did not make it in. I think there was a, a line that we were all wondering where, like, 
Riot would land on, because I think some of us were in the camp that, like, there's going to be almost no new teams, and then some of us said there's only going to be the large existing yeah. brands, and it was just a question of where in that scale they were going to land. Obviously, they ended up more on the um, large existing team side, and that's why those other three teams, once you realize that they're not accepting people like that, that all of them don't make it Nick in. Smithy in the Twitch chat right now saying rip. <laughs> for, yeah. For, Dude, uh... Pour, pour some out for immortals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. already spilled water on my floor, so I don't care that okay. I'm That's... doing that. Dig, yeah. Wow. Dig, Dig was my number two team behind FlyQuest that I thought should not make it in. Yeah. Uh... Because they had been in the league since the start and done nothing yeah. over that period of time in already had BC. They didn't have results. They didn't have popularity. They didn't get any viewership on their games. They hadn't done anything with their money. I'm like, you had your chance, dude. I'm sorry, like, yeah, uh, it's hard hard to make that argument for me. I thought Immortals, you know, Travis, I thought Immortals, I was very surprised to see them not make it in. And even more than, like, FlyQuest saving themselves, I'd be like, yeah, how did this get messed up? Because you come into, since C9, I think they've been the most successful team entering the league. It's really hard Hands to enter down. LCS and just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to start winning right away like C9 did. Immortals did that without getting, like, just a great roster right off the bat. They kind of built it, and they won more regular season games in the time they were in the league than anybody else. And they, like, I thought they did a good job with branding and content, and, like, not anything that personally, like, blew me away, but of the orgs, like, coming into the league, showing that you can do a good job, I was like, damn, like, these guys are super solid, dude. So there must have just been... And Travis, I thought your video was really good. There's something that happened in the diligence that goes on behind the scenes that must have been, I can only imagine, related to business philosophy, practices, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That... It's clearly because they're in Overwatch League, Kelby. Yeah. It's, not, it's obviously not. It's obviously not because there's other teams. And I mean, I know you're being sarcastic. But for people who are serious when they say that, there's other teams in Overwatch League and LCS uh it's it's got to be and it's not necessarily i'm not necessarily but they, but they have the la one business. kelby yeah. they have the la one <sighs> that was stupid. um oh, sorry keep going on yeah yeah but i think that i think that there's probably just a difference in business philosophy if i had to like make a guess um which i i gotta say i don't necessarily know that this is anything near the truth uh, if I were Riot, one of the things that would be a super big signal to me would be what is your ability to attract large brands uh, from a sponsorship side into this scene to help grow it? Optic, some of these teams that have come in, either through their NBA connections or already, like Optic has done a super good job uh, attracting non-endemics to their brand. And Immortals, for their time and success in the LCS, like they had results and they did good content. They, if you look at them on the sponsorship front, are pretty weak, really. Uh, and I don't know, maybe Riot was not convinced in that matter and that was important to them. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me, like, well, completely throwing. Either way, uh, happy to take calls from anybody about any. If you have a, an opinion about one of the brands, if you think we're wrong and you want to make an argument about Dig or Envy 
or Phoenix One needing to be in. If you think it's atrocious about IMT and you want to talk about that, feel free to join. I'm uh, going to put the stuff up there. Mark is going to hop down and grab our first person right now. Yeah, I got our first one waiting. Uh, he wants to talk about why 100 Thieves is not the worst, I believe. Also, okay. Steve Liquid 112. Uh, Are we sure that's Team him? Liquid. Yeah, it's him. He 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 tweeted at us. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's him. Uh, so I don't know how highly we want to prioritize celebrities. I think this is a show for the common person. Yeah. Well, let's so bring... Let's put let's, let's ask, put him second, ask right? yeah here yeah let's put him second and also make sure Steve had like do, do we know what Steve wants to do or is he just gonna come yeah. on and be like hi I'm sure Steve can afford our appearance fee yeah that's true yeah 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 oh okay. Steve is so generous in the Discord he says he can go first what, man, a, man what a nice <laughs> what a nice person all right so Mark hop down there uh, while Mark is figuring stuff out uh, I'll just give a shout out to some people who sub because it's really nice of them uh, Zodiac Sheep Fourth Colin Kiwi Mullet Boy uh, Ichirio, Nemsek. There's a couple others, but for some reason my stream. Uh, you guys ready? Popping up. Yes. Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Who do we got? So we have Matei, I believe, joining us. Uh, Matei, where are you from? Who are you? And uh, what do you want to talk about? I'm from good old North America. Uh, Very broad. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> just, just shitty old Memphis, Tennessee. I just want to, like, touch on specifically ggs and like 100 thieves because mm -hmm. i feel like the league of legends community just from what i've been reading on always bright reddit and twitter like i've seen a lot of hate for nade shot specifically and the 100 thieves name and uh brand compared to almost none for ggs well i think i think part of the problem is is ggs has absolutely done dog shit like they tweeted out a day late and that's it like and their merch has to be some of the worst merch i've ever seen really what don't you like about their merch can you can you uh, I'll, I'll look up a, a link for you travis hold on let me okay, find okay. it okay. dude this first caller is lit matei yeah. is are we pronouncing your name correctly uh matei matei okay. doesn't matter man okay so what do you, okay are you more defending nate shot and hundred thieves or are you more dissing on ggs uh it's it's a combination of both okay. i don't know it's like it, it it's more like the the problem i have is like I, I i can understand if people would say like you know i don't think some of these things about 100 thieves are all right if like i saw as much of an uproar over ggs because like everyone is just completely silent on how bad they have entered so far mm -hmm. when they're they're the golden state warriors like they're they're former nba champions they should be coming in hot yeah, but that's like, fair. It's just it's just cold, man. Like I, I like I think yeah, the biggest problem with me is just their merch. It has to be just awful. It's literally their logo on a blue background. And Wait, are we making fun of golden or clutch? Golden. Golden. He doesn't like oh. golden. Oh, I thought yeah. we were making fun of the clutch guys, my bad. Okay. Matei, can I ask some contextual questions that'll lead into some other stuff? Okay, go for Who it. Who are you an LCS fan of right now? Like what teams do you like? Um, probably, uh, I find myself a big fan of CLG, really. Yeah. It's like just their brand feels very authentic sometimes mm -hmm. compared to, uh, you know, like, I guess FlyQuest where it just feels like money thrown together. Have but, you, uh, are you like a diehard CLG fan or are you kind of like a general league fan and CLG uh, is the I, team you like most? Yeah, yeah, just general league fan. I just uh, appreciate players performing well. To be okay. Way. What generally attracts you 
to like one team versus another that you're hoping to see from these new entrants? Like you said that CLG authenticity from the brand feels like mm-hmm. something that you personally like. I mean, not to sound like ahead of riot, but like some good content finally being made mm-hmm. and some good merch like that. I would appreciate that. Like, I understand they're going to have roster problems. The first mm-hmm. like the first split or two. So I'm just really looking at it like they hit the ground running with content and merch like that'll be cool. I'll be a fan of their team if they can do that. What what do you not see from content and merch right now that you wish teams would do? Or do you not know what it is? You just don't like what exists? Um, Specifically like merch, like actual good merch. Uh, if you look at 100 Thieves merch in particular, mm-hmm. it is like it's stylish. It's fashion. Yeah. Like it's something you would wear out. Whereas like this golden state warrior stuff i'm not gonna wear this out like what i <laughs> yeah i it's like, interesting I, dude, so Matei is my boy dude. i i i i suspected that the golden guardians uh merch was based off of golden state warriors merch but so then i clicked over the golden state warriors merch and uh i feel like all the golden state warrior stuff is way cooler which probably you know it makes sense because obviously they've probably got like giant merch team and they've been iterating on yeah. this stuff a ton but like it is interesting that they didn't just take some of the uh, similar designs. Maybe they were afraid to, or they just don't want to mix them up too much. But I will say the Golden State Warriors uh, stuff seems more expensive than Golden Guardians, so you're getting you're getting yeah. a discounted rate. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it, it, I guess it could be kind of stereotypical to say it, but I mean, basketball has always been like toe to toe with fashion. You know, sneakers and basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, always for been sure. So. Especially for a basketball team to come in and just have such terrible merch, I was surprised. Okay, well, but that's, that's that's the thing, you know. Gamers are known for their their fashion, for so sure. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you here, though. Yeah, I'm going to challenge <laughs> you here, though, because you you are defending Hundred Thieves a lot, um, and while it is true that Hundred Thieves did put out a video, their video was just like, and this is this tilted me. I didn't talk about it too much, but it was just Need Shot being a YouTuber. What up, guys? Need Shot. You know, bunch of jump cuts. My team's coming back. It said, like, big announcement in capital letters of the thing. Like, it's literally just like, hey, this YouTuber, and they're the Cavs, right? Like, you could make a similar argument there about what's going on there. Uh, obviously, they'd have a video come out or whatever, but, like, I I just feel like they... I was disappointed that their announcement video was just Nadeshot being a YouTuber. I can... Yeah. I can kind of understand the desire of coming in as like, or authentically, quote unquote, to like this, like your scene. Because like, mm-hmm. if if Nayshot's your big brand, he's the guy you're bringing on to to instantly have fans. You probably don't want to make him do something that's not up his alley. So in that way, I can kind of understand being like, "Yo, you're Nayshot. You have a huge following. You know what your fans like." Go announce that you're a part of this thing, however you think is best. Well, I think they could. So I, even if they had just done, and I want to get Matei's thoughts on this too. I don't want, you know, all of us can end up talking about this forever, I'm sure. But yep. even if they had just done, like, I'm okay with them with Nateshot putting that up out on his YouTube channel. But I feel like that shouldn't have been the only thing that they did, right? Like, if you're going to criticize Goal, uh, GSW for not doing something cool with the GG announcement, like, I feel like... You have to criticize the Cavs for only doing this YouTube. But what do you think, Matei? Yeah, the, I mean, okay, so Golden State put out like a 20-second After Effects video of their logo, right? It's not great, yeah. I don't even consider, whereas like, I feel like since obviously we're like really into the scene, we saw Nate Shot's video, but if you look at like 100 Thieves or Twitter in particularly, 
they didn't even like retweet the Nate Shot video. It feels like for me, if I'm looking at them as like a brand, I feel like their first video as a brand is just the Prolly video mm. where he announces that he's the coach and he's building the roster. Like it, I to like I think Nate Shot's video, the way I look at it, which was of course personal, is just like that's his YouTube channel video where he's explaining what he's been doing for the past six months to his fans and like what he's trying to do with the team. Like I don't really view it as like the team's video. Yeah. You get what I, I'm I kind of disagree just because it came out the exact day that all this was announced. It was clearly kind of planned. Like in the to moment, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't like a, hey, you know, you can make this video to coincide with our announcement. This is like the only thing that they put out that day, right? Basically, well, they put out the probably video. The, the probably the probably video, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would play the Nate shot video on stream, but uh, after all the night blue stuff, I don't. I don't want to get caught up in the the takedown. <laughs> Uh, either way, Matei, thanks for coming on. Uh, I want to I want to turn through a couple different people here, but thank you for that's a good point, good criticism. We didn't maybe criticize GG as much as we should, uh, possibly because I used to work with the guy running it now, so I'm a little blindsided <laughs> yeah. by that. But uh, either way, yeah, thanks for the call. All right, see you guys. Thanks, Matei. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go get Steve Liquid One One Two Aaron set. Okay, the most for the fans man out there. Yeah, he yeah. memes. He goes on shitty talk shows when all the other owners are too busy running their companies. Go get him, Mark. Right? I don't care. Go get him. By the way, thanks to Conjo for the sub. Appreciate it. Making sure that uh, Liquid's got his stuff together as he, we pull him into the chat. How are you doing, Kelby? I'm doing great. I'm about, about to talk to my boy, Steve. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we've got Liquid112 on the show. Liquid112, where are you calling from, and uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm calling from L.A., as you know. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm down to answer whatever questions you guys want to talk about. Wait, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to bring a topic Perfect. on. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> any question? Okay, well. I mean, I, I, can reserve, I can reserve the. How much did impact cost? Is it true? It's a million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> A million dollars is nothing. Come on. Oh wow. Okay. There we go. Jesus. All right. How did how did you get um, him to turn down SKT? That's the real question, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even know if that rumor is true. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I mean, so so do you? Well, let's let's talk about maybe we'll ask general questions because I'm sure can you I have ask your questions. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So Steve, how nervous were you? Or not nervous were you going into the application process? Do you think like all the teams that I mentioned before, like C9, TSM, CLG, Team Liquid, they were all like, yeah, we got this. We know what Riot wants. Or going in, were you like, oh, shit, dude, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to be super honest, I was extremely nervous because we had such a crap season in 2017. And I had thought that riot might put an emphasis on recent performance and everybody always remembers what the last taste in their mouth was right yeah. and that that ends up uh, being the opinion of the the current moment and for me i was like this is the most important moment in esports history and we just shit the bed in the season so yeah. i took it extremely seriously we as you know, put like a, together a, a pretty awesome application and video, yeah. and I, I kind of went all out. I, I arranged uh, all the proper financing so that we could have the right kind of resources going into 2018. Yeah. 
cool. Travis, did you boost this? Yeah, I boost this. It's all the way up, so we'll see. If Mike, if you or Steve, if you can uh, be a little closer to the mic, that would be good too. Um, okay. So uh, let's talk about. Yeah, that's that's much better. Uh, let's here. How is the roster stuff coming along? I know you probably can't tell us who's on the roster or confirm any of the rumors out there, but how is the process? What's it like behind the scenes? Was it hectic? You know, any of that stuff that you can give us as an update as we eagerly await the unveiling of your your lineup. Yeah. Um, well, this offseason has been insane. I think more competitive than any other offseason I've interacted with in the last five years. Um, I think that was likely due to the timing of all the new organizations coming into LCS, the transfer window deadline, and then free agency happening kind of back to back to back. Um, so it was extremely competitive. Um, and, uh, but it was actually surprising. I, I, I won't name any names, but there were definitely a few orgs that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. You know, like they, <laughs> They're, they're like still trying to figure out how to hook up internet at their gaming house mm, and there's uh, and uh you know they're they're it's, so, so it's interesting it's just you know and, and i don't fault them for that you know they're coming into the org they're still getting things ready and uh they're just gonna need, need some time to ramp up but um yeah it was across the board you know uh it's it's been insanely competitive i've been uh busting my ass on the phone for the last month um working everything out so you keep saying was which implies that like uh the transfer Fuck. seat you know all that stuff is done <laughs> yeah like uh, so it sounds like you've got you've you're feeling pretty confident in what you've got going uh yeah uh, <laughs> transitioning a little bit off that uh travis and i put out uh two videos on separate sides of um the idea of salary caps in the league and travis was for them i was for them but much more hesitant in the sense that like i wanted to wait a while before we started trying to do that um and then you supposedly through you know rumors of course have uh, been acquiring a lot of players like far more than you can obviously field and some people are concerned that you know you're going to try and hoard a bunch of contracts and then sell them off for more i, I want to give you a chance to potentially get ahead of that rumor or maybe just say that's you think that's a legitimate business strategy that you're just implementing in in the ecosystem or something yeah. Uh, well, two parts of that. So first, the uh, salary caps and just my philosophy on that. Um, I well, in order for salary caps to even be effective within the right new riot structure, there has to be a CBA. There has to be a players association that is funded by the players and not funded by a third party. And hopefully that happens really soon and the players get their shit together and uh, decide to self fund this and, you know, combine their efforts for uh, a really healthy league on behalf of the player's interests. Um, but that's not happening yet. So uh, the ability to introduce salary caps is just impossible. Steve, um, can I interject really quick? Yep. How long do you think it'll be before that happens? If you had to throw out a rough guess, knowing talent in this space as you do, not trying to lead you on your answer, but I would like to hear your honest opinion on it. And do you think it's good or bad if they do or don't? I think if they do it, it's fucking amazing because then we're one step closer to being 
much more like other professional sports and you can't implement a draft system until this happens you can't implement salary caps until this happens so uh a lot of additional content that would be really fucking awesome to see is not possible because there's no players association that's self-funded so i i am all for it I, I i think it needs to happen as far as like when it will happen i think there just needs to be a few players that really step up and just say hey guys i'm gonna lead this i'm gonna get yeah. this done yeah. take the initiative and, and do it and hopefully you know I, th I think it'll be really dependent upon those those individuals stepping up and and volunteering their time to, to get it done so the second part of Mark's question was basically like this new meme that spawned out that's like you have now acquired half the LCS. And so <laughs> and so while I know you can't talk about who you've acquired and whatever but should like what would you say to fans that are concerned that you it just seems like Team Liquid's like going around and like purchasing everything they can. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely seems that way, right? Um I think Part of it is just the timing of everything. We had to execute uh, uh, a deal um, at the time of the transfer window, and that starts on a certain date, which was the 17th, I believe. And then free agency opens up on the 20th, and that's when player contracts also expire under TL for some players. So we actually have to sign players prior to releasing players and then as you would imagine we want to sign certain players before we release other players that are in similar positions right we don't want to trade a player before we have a another player that we're uh, happy working with so because of those conditions in this moment of time in this window it's like you know, I'm playing Pokemon, but it, 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 <laughs> so you don't deny that you are trying to catch them all. I love Twitch. Twitch chat was like, he's just so PR, so PR answer, so PR answer. And then you're like, yeah, but I'm basically playing Pokemon right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, for, for us, what's what's I, I have always for the last five years put player interests first and, you know, any player that, um, wants to explore playing for another team if we've got another starter uh you know i i definitely will be working with them to make sure that that happens so i mean having worked with you obviously i know you're a great guy you're not the kind of person who would hold a contract hostage because some other team is not paying you what you think that player is exactly worth or something like that um but just generally do you think this is a, a concerning business practice that potentially someone could sign you know three players at every position or something like that um is this something that moving forward should be maybe have some some rules against it or anything or do you think it, it's not really a big deal at all no i think there should be some rules on it to be 100 percent honest because if someone took uh an approach and wasn't as like i guess ethically minded or player first like i am yes they could abuse the system and so there needs to be a fix for that yeah do you uh do you know what a manga is <laughs> Dude, that was so you like funny. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah the video was great. Did you? Yeah, were you? Your acting is really good, Steve. I wasn't acting. I wasn't acting actually. On <laughs> there are definitely some parts of that video where Steve is acting. It was convincing. Do you? Me. Uh, how? I mean, how did that video come about? Because I actually think it was one of the best announcement videos uh, that we saw on that day. 
even if it got yeah. taken down from Reddit like ten times. Yeah, it did get. It actually never made it on Reddit. But wait, it was, why did it get taken down from Reddit? The mods uh, say it's not directly related to League of Legends or something. It, oh well, to, my god! All right, to be honest, mind. you know, an announcement We're not video on this one again. isn't. But now, yeah. if you want to make fun of. Coaches. They said it's because there's no. Actually, I, I messaged the mods and tried to figure this out, and they said because there's memes in it. Oh wow! The, okay. It wouldn't allow it. Um, yeah, low low effort content, producing an entire video, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, lighting, multiple camera angles. That's low effort content right there. So, but uh, what did you? Bullshit. How did you? Like, what did you guys? Were you trying to figure out what to do with the announcement video? Or did you decide to do a video where you're trying to figure out how to do the announcement video, or what? How did that come about? Yeah, so actually the man behind all of this is actually Jarge, our head analyst, and he just came up with it, pitched it, and and him and Damien ran with it, so. Yeah. He's got yeah. a new job. Well, do yeah, you have... I know. Director of memes. Yeah, do we have any other questions for Steve about this stuff? I mean, I don't I don't know how much more we can ask him, because uh, I assume he's not going to be able to talk about a lot of stuff, but... Can I... I have one more. Sure. Um, Steve, were there any surprises for you in franchising for teams? Who got in? Who didn't get in? Um, yes. Uh, I would say that Immortals was, was a surprise for me, just from the outside looking in without mm -hmm. knowing much of what was going on. Sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, do we want to ask Twitch chat if they have any questions for? Him? I don't know if we want to invite a whole. I mean, other Twitch chat's just going to ask: Is Doublelift joining Team Liquid a bunch of times? So I don't, I don't know how helpful. But if Twitch chat has any questions, I'll, I'll, I'll peruse it and see if one pops out. Steve, is there anything you want to talk about uh, about um, yeah, next season, anything or? Yeah, I mean, I, Travis, I had a question for you. I just wanted to know: Is there any way to sponsor the show? Uh, hey! Yeah, <laughs> Made by Steve. My hey. boy. Uh, there are. I don't know if we're currently accepting team sponsors because uh, it's a bit of a, a conflict of interest. Sponsors. But uh, yeah, Team Liquid Hotline League brought to you by Steve. Um, no, that would be good. But if anybody does want to sponsor the show, they can definitely hit me up on my my website. Uh, any questions coming in from Twitch chat, Mark? That you want to bring in? Um, I think there's one that uh, I probably know what the answer is, but. Someone asked, when do you think, I know you can't get into specifics, but when do you think you'll be able to begin revealing roster information? Uh, we will have a announcement going live tomorrow. Ooh, oh. damn. That's much earlier than damn, I think I was expecting. A, that's a nice exclusive yeah. for our show. Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. That's someone, a... someone clip it and put it put it on Twitch and tag us so we could, we could retweet that, that bomb. Uh, either way, hey, thanks for calling in, Steve. It was nice of you to make time. I'm sure it's been busy for you. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah. It's yep. been great, guys. Yeah. All right, thanks. Thanks. thanks All right, yeah. Best of luck as well. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Damn, so I can't believe he just dropped on us that the the roster announcement's coming out tomorrow, yeah. dude. Well, he said well, a announcement. Like, so I, yeah, I, I, it I could be an announcement gonna... of an announcement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, totally not the roster announcement. Could be any announcement. Yeah. Uh, either way. I let's see. Uh, we have let's take one more question about teams. If anybody in Twitch or, or sorry in the Discord chat wants to 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 join yeah. in and talk about I'll something, I'll start moderating the or looking for some specifically about new NALCS yeah. teams. While, while he's learning. doing that, uh, Kelby, what do you think of of? It's funny. I'm pretty sure it implies that the Team Liquid roster is is pretty much done. The way he was talking about it. Uh, oh man. This, I, I need some more time to think about things that I can and cannot say really Okay, quick. so you have some interesting information, I, I seems like. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I am. Uh, I'm interested to see how this stuff goes. I mean, if I think I said this, oh, I did a meetup yesterday because I was just getting uh, back from Montreal. Real quick, Travis. Yeah. Before this story, I just want to highlight for people who are in the Discord and posting. Questions are not good ways of trying to get on the show. If you say, "I want to talk about what do you think fan teams can do to," da, 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 like you're here to bring your opinions to us and we can discuss them. It's it's yeah. much better that way than you asking us a question and hearing yeah. our thoughts. So, so what do you want to talk about? You. That? Yeah, put it in the Discord yeah. chat. Uh, yeah, I was. It's funny because I was in in Montreal yesterday, and I did a meet up with the Montreal esports uh, group that's up there. And one of the questions was like, "What do you think of like the Team Liquid stuff?" And I was like, "Well, I don't. I you know, it's it's hard for me to speak too much yeah. about anything I may or may not know. In fact, I started off the conversation by saying, "I don't know if Double Lift is leaving TSM or not, or I'm not, I'm not able to talk about anything." Right, Double Lift's both of our best friends, yeah. so it's like. And, uh, but I do think that I expect Steve, like, I, knowing Steve the way I do, like, this guy is tired of being the butt of jokes, and he has a, a lot of uh, access to resources and, and money that he can now spend to help him accomplish this. So, And I feel like anybody after that year is going to gut the whole roster, so I'm, yeah. I'm super fascinated to see the players that he picks up. Yeah. So. Uh, I have some I have some philosophical stuff to talk about when we get to the roster portion. Yeah. As it relates to like all the rumors that we've been hearing and yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna go into uh, we've got one more call. Mark is uh, sorting that stuff out. Mark uh, yeah. is re- I'll are we ready. I'll drag him in right okay. now. It looks like we got Lowman on the show right now. Lowman, hopefully I'm pronouncing that. Where are you coming from? Uh, as you're calling in. I'm guessing Chicago. Uh, just outside uh, Valparaiso, Indiana. Yeah. Nice. Wait, is that north or south or east or west? Of Chicago, it would be southeast. Yeah. Oh, okay. say Kelby's Both. not. Kelby's gonna ask your street next. Yeah, yeah. But... No, no, just because yeah. uh, the the EG has a a team house in Bloomington, uh. So and that's like south and. Kel- Kelby, by the way, not a telepath. Loman has a Chicago Cubs icon as his Discord. Icon. Yeah, so that's, that's why a, I said. I know, but nobody else could see that, Kelby. So you're like, I'm guessing I Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Loman. I'm uh, reaching out to Loman. Loman, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, so a quick rundown. Uh, I've been a league fan since about 2011. And more recently, I've been in the COD scene and I worked for COD Stats, which is kind of like the HLTV of the COD scene. Okay. And so I wanted to give my opinion of nade shot as a team owner from the cod scene and why i have worries about it for uh league of legends okay okay hit us um so in the cod scene uh nade shot uh developed 100 thieves and you know everyone was excited because he'd finally branched away from optic gaming and things were looking up he had his big youtube well the big issue that came out was that he mismanaged his teams mostly through contracts he would come up with these uh i'm gonna have this great contract they'll be paid way better than any other team and you know we'll have this done in x amount of time let's say six months or whatever it was well time went on time went on he signed these great players well they ended up leaving because contracts fell through and now obviously he doesn't he didn't have the same uh capital investment from like the cavaliers that he does now but it, you have to remember that they're still new to the whole esports scene as well so there's got to be worries uh 
entering the league scene as well. I mean, I would not worry. So first off, uh, you know, I it's interesting. I didn't know this before, so thanks for bringing it up. Uh, I and I don't know, you know, the specifics of of what went down there from working with big companies and just talking to to other people that are, have worked with some of these sports teams, both on the the league side and on the Overwatch side, like there are just armies of lawyers to make sure that everything is fine. So I would never worry about the contract stuff just because, you know, like they're going to assuming. And again, we don't really know how all the stuff is structured. So like how much of 100 Thieves is Nate shot and how much of it is the Cavs. But assuming that they're leaning heavily on the Cavs as a resource, like the Cavs are just going to show up with like their army of lawyers with like all these contracts. And, you know, hopefully the players have representation as well. But I, you know, I got to imagine that stuff is going to work out. So that's uh, definitely what I was going to kind of throw in there as well. Is I think while Nateshot will have a big part of like the business aspect, I don't think he'll have much to do like in terms of how do we brand ourselves? How do you connect with gamers? Can you go out there and promote some stuff? And he'll be like a big face for the team. I'm not sure how much he'll have to do with the actual day-to-day organization and running of the League of Legends team. I would assume that would mostly fall to Prawley um, and maybe another GM. And I doubt Nateshot is going to get bogged down in contracts when there's many more capable people in the scene of doing that work for him so i I think he he will not necessarily have his his hands too deep in the actual like day-to-day league team what do you think running it uh i i definitely thought of that but i guess the main reason why i wanted to address it was uh if you head over to like the cod uh subreddit the uh competitive side you see a lot of lot of people talking about how Oh, I, I can't believe you know Nadeshot finally made the LCS, and he's super. Uh, we're super excited that he's there. There's no way he's gonna mess this up because of his brand. And I'm not talking Hundred Thieves brand. I'm talking the Nadeshot brand. Yeah. And I just I think they're a little rose tinted glasses, saying like, how can a guy with you know three million uh, YouTube subs uh, mess something up like this? And I'm I just wanted to be like, hey, he's done it before. Yeah. Not saying that he would do it again especially yeah with you know all the lawyers and stuff involved now but you know he's not a perfect person yeah loman can i ask you another question sure. um so i actually followed 100 thieves and caught a little bit when like he moved into the call of duty space as far as i was able to see uh like he picked up this team when they first um like when he first made 100 thieves that was like kind of controversial in regards to the players on it they'd had some success but then like his team didn't really continue their success and they just kind of dropped off and as you said like the 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 the, the players went away because of the contracts and stuff but like did you see him what were they doing on the other side did did they find competitive results and like did you see hunter thieves while they were in call of duty producing content or doing compelling things as an organization like you saw when he was a part of the optic brand or how like essentially how good of a job did he do aside from the contract thing in regards to like developing a competitive roster and and creating narrative around the team that he picked up when he moved into the space that is like his home space right um i guess what i could say is he Initially, the people he brought on, he brought on as uh, content creators. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe Nick Merckx is a big streamer and some other people, um, which then, 
as they generated some revenue for him and for the brand, he then went out to get cod players to be on the team mm -hmm. and they, and some of them were big names and a lot of a lot of success on other teams but um yeah then they went to their first tournament or first two tournaments uh bad placings or didn't place at all whatever it was and uh the team you know started arguing quite a bit well then it also comes out that he was trying to hold the team together making all these promises him, uh, him being nade shot making all these promises saying like, Hey, you know, if you guys just hold this out, uh, we'll get better. Uh, once the contracts are finalized, you know, you'll have uh, sustained income and all this. And he's making all these promises to his players and not a single one of them came true. So the team ended up disbanding um, very quickly. Actually, I think the team only lasted for maybe a month or two. Damn. So, but he still has the content creator side going of 100 Thieves. They, that's still like his big thing. Mm. But yeah, the, the team fell apart very quickly. Hey, Loman, thank you for, for coming on and talking about your concerns with uh, the brand. Definitely an interesting take that I don't think we'd heard uh, recently. And it's good to, to hear from you, especially given uh, your your knowledge of the COD scene. So thanks for talk, coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, dude. All righty. So you know what that means? Travis, we're on to the uh, the team portion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So should we? I think it makes sense for all of us to kind of to do a quick chat about some of our thoughts on this stuff. Um, do we need to? I think. Uh, Kelvin, do you have you anything guys... you want to talk about before we bring people on for roster rumors and stuff? Oh, we don't want to talk about roster stuff going on before we do questions. If you, oh, uh, yeah. If I didn't you know if you guys to. had something specific to say. I don't. Ha I mean, like. I can get into specific rumors, but I figure a lot of them will, will come up naturally. So well, Kelby, why don't you bring up if you have anything uh, well, here really quickly? Yeah, yeah, I, I have one thing that is like weird for me philosophically that I wish players would do a better job on. So, free agency period is starting, like right now, essentially, right or tomorrow? Is it mm -hmm. today or tomorrow? It's it today. started, yeah, earlier. It starts today. today. Yeah. So, and as as we heard from Steve. Uh, like he potentially or is doing his roster announcement tomorrow and if he's doing it that would lead me to believe that probably like there are some other teams doing it as well um, what I don't understand is why players are going into free agency and signing agreements like day one it, it is not in your best interest as talent to just not shop the market you know what I mean I wish that uh, we had players who were more conscious of this effect and like especially if you are top talent like I understand like maybe if you are like uh, not a star in the league that if you have an offer that's super compelling and you don't have a lot of other interest then it might be worthwhile for you to you know uh, sign as quickly as you can but if you're a star player in the league and you have a lot of leverage and you can do the whole like, you know, talking to other players, seeing about where they're thinking and stuff like it makes so much more sense in my mind uh, for you to hold out or not not even hold out, but just like, you know, have all the conversations possible. Talk to talk amongst other players and see like what's going on in order to make the most informed decision possible prior to signing with an org. So it's very interesting to me. That like, I feel like we might see a lot of star talent on roster announcements in the next 
48 hours. So along that line, uh, what happens in traditional sports is actually on the first day, a lot of um, the max contracts uh, get resolved right away. Mm-hmm. Um, because what teams want to do is see if they get their big fish and then they can fill in uh, with the rest of their budget and things like that around that player. And if you don't get that guy, there's no point to signing the other players. So uh, what often happens is there's like this kind of domino effect in traditional sports where until the big movers or are, are, are big players are taken, everyone right. else just kind of mills around. Um, yeah. It's interesting in those because a lot of those systems have salary caps. So like I can't give you a better offer than the other guy uh, necessarily like there's obviously a lot of uh, options and and different things that can go into a contract but when you boil it down like on a really basic level like i'm giving you the max contract offer he's giving you the max contract offer and here's our plan here's our pitch and a lot of times um while there's a start of free agency period where you're not supposed to be communicating before that no one listens to that fucking rule uh probably doesn't happen in esports if i had to imagine either Uh, like people were probably moving on this stuff quite a bit before the free agency period so in traditional sports, though, can't agents talk about stuff, plans, even when a player is under contract? Isn't that their entire job? Yeah, but teams aren't supposed to meet with players, uh, like, bring the contract until free agency starts. So, like, Sure, but an agent can have all the conversations leading up to it. And in esports, you're right. At this point now... Yeah, especially because of the lack of agents, players are not supposed to have the conversation. So, like, I understand why in traditional sports on day one, we can see it because all those conversations can already be had and have been having had for months. But in esports, like we're we're supposed to be on like day one and two of conversations being able to happen and things are like already getting locked up. Obviously, owners are talking to each other and like getting permission about transfer agreements and stuff like that. But still, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because nobody's represented. Nobody has yeah. agents, and so what happens is you have you have a player, and an owner comes up to him and is like, "Hey, I hear you're a free agent, yeah." And they have a conversation. He's like, "Well, I've got this amazing roster. I need a mid laner for it right now. I I will sign you. Here's a big number. But if you if you don't sign with me right now, like I might grab another mid laner, and then you'll you'll lose out on all of it. And so I think there's just a lot of pressure on these players now." When everybody has all these agents, the agents will get smart and they'll wheel yeah. and deal or whatever. But the the problem I think is in talking to a lot of players is the players don't know like who to trust from an agency perspective and like who I, to have run their shit. Yeah, I don't think there there really are that many great agents. No, probably. there aren't. So I uh, I also you know if you ask me like do I think players are like competent business people who are probably making sure that they're like checking all their boxes as they figure out what's the best contract for them. Absolutely not. But no, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely probably uh, some problems going on, but I do think these players have probably talked to other players at their position. How much are you getting? Like uh, they're definitely in communication about stuff prior to this. Um, and, you know, I, I bet it is kind of like traditional sports where it's kind of like, what sometimes happens is at midnight, like their agent will receive a fax, they'll sign it, and it'll get taken care of, and like, you know, right away. Uh, you, you hear about some people going to their doorstep at midnight of free agency to be like, "Here's your contract." Yeah. So. Do you? If I ask you guys, uh, I'm I'm curious. Are either of you guys talking comfortable talking about player salaries? Like, if some of you guys already know player salary numbers, then we can't really talk about it, but. Uh, Kelby's like hiding a smile. He's doing the standard Kelby hide smile. Well, here I'll just put this out there. If you guys want to say no comment or whatever, it's fine. But 
Uh, do you think that somebody in the NALCS will make a million or more this year? So I'll I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. Uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I'll, I'll let me get to it. Okay, let me, Mark. Let me, Mark, you know, I'll, I'll stall. Um, yeah. And uh, hearing how much some players got last year, and knowing that it was quite a bit above the the average in the league, do I think it's going to make the jump that it would need to make to a million dollars this year? I think it's possible, uh, but I haven't actually heard that yet. Um, yeah, I think. I, I have a feeling that if a player got a straight-up salary for a million dollars, not through bonuses necessarily, or not through some of this other stuff, because that's something that happens is... Um, it's like, like a player... target hit of one million. Yeah, so like yeah. Um, one of the contracts, I think it was the the supposed impact one. I was talking with somebody today, I don't remember about it, but they were saying that Jacob Wolf, who broke the story, said that it wasn't salary of 750000 that he heard. It was like including bonuses, which I'm sure it's like, make worlds, here's an extra $200,000, dude. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. I think including the bonus structure, maybe you, you hit a million dollars this year. I could see that. But I, I feel like I would hear, because that's such a monumental thing, like we've broken seven figures yeah. kind of a moment yeah. where like – I mean we don't even know. Like, they, we don't know how many contracts have already been signed. So I just – I think at some point in time during during this we'll hear of multiple million-dollar potential income oh. for these guys. One thing we can say, and Travis, that we've talked about and that we know from, you know, well, I, we obviously know a lot of team owners, right, is that yeah. I think there was an expectation or maybe a hope, a glimmer of hope going into franchising that the exponential growth we've seen in player salaries um, since outside money got into the space would, like, slow down once franchising came in and everybody's locked in. They're like, okay, we're here. We can chill out a bit. You know, like there's not going to be this like crazy demand to, you know, just throw money at players so that we can have make the biggest impact before franchising. And boy, were they fucking wrong. Like uh, player salaries have just like gone. I don't know. Through the roof. Yeah. Even, even more bonkers, dude. And everybody's like, what the fuck? This wasn't supposed to happen. You yeah. know, like people. I'm sure that there are people coming in and they were like doing, you know, outside teams doing their models like, OK, so we did our research, right? We know that people are getting this much now, and you know we're forecasting this and this. And then just like year one out the gate, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it must it must be interesting. Like, ah. I mean, that's a good point because it must be interesting for these the uh, especially the new teams, like not just the the Golden State Warriors and Cavs and Rockets, but even like MSG who came in with CLG earlier this year. It must be interesting for them because all these guys are in a forecastable environment normally because there are salary caps so they can yep. create a model and they know like you know give or take 10 or 20 percent right like how much they're going to have to spend next year for their mm -hmm. whole thing here it's like they get in and there's a chance that suddenly their model is like 50 percent of what it should be yeah and yeah. they know in traditional sports much better forecasting for revenue because yeah. you have it built out over like decades, yeah. and everybody's yeah. like coming a in and a being five like, year, ten year sponsorship, yeah, right. And everybody's coming in now and being like, "Well, we hope that we can revolutionize what's going on in sponsorships, and we hope that Riot will, you know, uh, break the mold for what's going on in, you know, broadcasting rights, probably, and broadcast yeah. revenue and, and rev share through that." So, uh, all I all I will say is that, like, and I mean, Travis, 
I've said this like a hundred times, but like we talk about it a lot. I think that every org coming into LCS from the outside needs to be ready to burn cash for at least at least five years. Significant piles of money. And if you don't do you have think that, any of these guys are are. Do you think that these guys are ready to lose money for five years? If, Significant if, if I if an out if I was talking to an org and I was talking to their VC and they were like getting consulting based on what I know about, you know, running teams, where sponsorships are at in the space, the trajectory. Like I have pretty good business acumen for what's going on in esports across all scenes. And you know, having run an LCS team, yeah, I know. Damn. Uh, I, I'm just Who saying, is this like, guys. He's, I'm just shooting his horn. I'm just saying, you know, like I have a pretty good understanding of where revenues and, and operational expenses are at for teams across all different games. And like, I think it's just if if I was talking team, I would be like, yo, man, if your expectations are anything else than burning cash for five years and probably losing losing seven figures for the first like three, uh, you, like this is not what you want to be in, man. This is a generational play. Like so this is investing to the understanding that down the road this will be big enough that you know like you can recoup some money, but you need to be in it for the long term, dude. All right. So, did you answer though? Uh, did you make an educated guess or call on if someone makes over a million? This I chose. I, cho I chose not to, but I said that I thought that that you said yes were going up <laughs> really, yeah. really you said yes all right <laughs> really, kelby, really. kelby says yes i'll listen to kelby okay we're, we're breaking a million this offseason boys okay here last question before we go into calls uh is this is it bad that this is happening that player salaries are going so high that we might see players getting a million dollars for one year's worth of play this year i think um I think it depends what happens next year because I think this is kind of understandable with a bunch of teams coming in. You you heard Steve talking about some teams coming in and not even knowing how to like get their internet set up. So I think yeah. there's a sense of panic for some of these teams. They're like, oh, fuck, we need a big name now. Um, so I can see a world where some of these guys are you know, going to overpay to get low A, B tier talent um, potentially. Yeah. And the question would be, as you move into year two, is the off season this crazy where teams like literally don't even know how to run? Yeah. And I, I would hope the answer is it doesn't go up that much next year, but I mean, I hope it goes down next year. I think that whether or not it's bad is again, completely dependent on the people that are funding it and what their expectations are. Yeah. Uh, like ultimately there are people from either riot side or the org side who were setting expectations for these guys because they don't know what they're getting into coming in the space and they needed all this information fed to them, right? And somebody sold each one of these organizations on this vision dream model, right? Hopefully they've thought that far. People with this much money usually do, right? So do, as do long they? as X, oh, God, I hope so. As long as expectations are set properly and accordingly, and I know based, actually, yeah, uh, I think that for some orgs, they have expectations set accordingly, right? Uh, other ones, I just have no idea. And as long as expectations are set well, I think that we'll be fine. Otherwise, we could see some people that are like, uh, damn, this is really different than what I signed up for. And they have signed up for permanent franchising, dude. 
So that could be a really awkward situation if they were like expecting to like start break even at year three, and they're like, "Damn, we're still." Well, we're losing. We're losing. We're losing, we're losing multiple people. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, we're back. Hopefully, the technical issues have been resolved. We did some stuff behind the scenes. It was highly technical and highly complicated. <laughs> don't want to waste anyone's time. Uh, but we, I don't know what Kelly was talking about, but I was starting to fall asleep. So I think we're just going to go into some. Fuck uh, you, Travis. It wasn't just, gonna... just, it wasn't just Travis. The internet was falling asleep. It, it yeah, stopped yeah. broadcasting. Yeah. So it was like, oh God, Kelly. Trying to help us out. Um, uh, well, I'll you... go check with this guy. Yeah. Uh, so we've got, we've got a call coming in in just a second. Um, oh, is Mike still muted? No, it's fine. Everybody, Twitch chat losing their minds. We've got a TSM fan coming in in just a second. We're going to be talking to them. I want to give a shout-out, by the way, to uh, Volks, LOL, who resubbed for two months. All right, tuned in. Hashtag paid by Steve. Deathslayer4147, resubbed for three months. Hey, thanks, you guys, for the best content. Robot Russ subbed. And uh, bow down to me subbed as well. Thanks, you guys, for the subs. That stuff helps out for sure. Uh, it looks like Mark is still figuring out stuff out. So, uh, by the way, I'm running a Patreon. I don't have a sponsor. This show's not sponsored. I'm not paid by Steve. Uh, TravisCaffer.com slash support. All the information about that stuff over there. And uh, and we're back. Mark, who did you bring in here? We got You Can't Control Me. And he's here <laughs> oh, Jesus. to Hello. talk about TSM. Hello, You Can't Control Me. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, East Lansing, Michigan. East Lansing, Michigan. Okay. And what do you want to talk about with TSM? Uh, the roster moves, uh, well, speculated roster moves, obviously. Okay. And uh, how that'll work out. So what what specifically, or what are your thoughts on, on the rumors so far? Well, I was, uh, the first one I saw was the uh, acquisition of, uh, alleged acquisition of uh, Sven and Mithy. Because I thought that was really interesting. Because uh, you saw them at, like, Worlds, and, like, they were kind of directly competing with... Uh, double and bio whereas now mm -hmm. they're like potentially their replacements yeah are you excited yeah. about that acquisition um i'll be honest i'm a, I'm like a big fan of double lift and biofrost so i feel like you can't help but like think that you're losing something there especially since like at least domestically they've been pretty damn good okay and so you yeah. you would not be happy if that ends up coming out true i mean i'm not a big uh, person who watches Europe because I who is, uh, <laughs> dude. I love this guy already, man. But um, I don't know. Like obviously, Sven and Mithy are kind of like Double Lift and Biofrost within their own region, and they're pretty dominant there. Yeah. So it's kind of a hard judgment call to make as to whether they'll be better or not. But you feel like TSM's going to lose a little bit of its swagger and some of uh. Mm -hmm. It's shot calling with uh, they'll have to rework an entirely new dynamic with that. Did, new did, did you watch Worlds? Yeah, I, I I understand they sucked. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, what shot calling? I saw a lot of uh, <laughs> standing around in lane and hoping that the enemy team would kill themselves. Do uh, you? Do you uh, yeah, that brings brings a question. You can't control me. Like, what would you yeah. as a TSM fan like to see? Do you want to see change? Do you want them to keep the roster? Like, what what would you have liked to see? Uh, I think it's the right move if you want for a uh, world's competitive success. 
I'm just saying, with any change like this, you're introducing a chance that TSM doesn't make finals or something like that. Like, yeah. there's a chance where you drop it. Whereas, if I think if you have, if you're running the same roster back, they're gonna suck and drop out in groups, but they're gonna make it to groups. They're gonna be pretty consistent. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this: as a fan, would you be yeah. fine if they ran it back? Yeah. Did all their stuff where they're like, we're gonna try our hardest at Worlds this year and shit out in groups. Would you be satisfied as a fan? Or would you prefer taking the risk and having it bomb? Um, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, at that point, it's like a little hindsighty, but um, no, you can tell me right now what you would prefer. No, but I'm saying like, if you're telling me whether I'd like them to bomb or not, that's of course going to be the one you don't choose. Um, but I'm saying like it, I'd, you'd obviously rather take the chance, um, because uh. I don't know, it, it, it'd just be like something that would feel really great as a TSM fan. Here's a question. Um, how many yeah. how many roster changes would TSM need to make before you are no longer a fan of the team? Or are there any? Like, I always am curious about this with TSM fans. Like, you are a fan of TSM. Let's say they only kept Soren and yeah. changed everybody else out. Would you continue to be a TSM fan? I mean, I'm a fan of Bjergsen, so I can see my like him being the only remaining member and i'll still be a fan of them and what if there's the no bjergsen oh uh, i mean then what you're not even on tsm anymore yeah i mean i just ask because there are some sports fans that are like that right like they if there are probably some tsm fans that are like that like you could change out the whole roster of tsm and they will still root for tsm because they are a fan of tsm yeah. not even specifically the roster so it's just an interesting question i think well, I think like, you go ahead. No, okay. no, no. Um, I'll be like, I'm kind of newer to watching NALCS. I started watching in a summer split 2016. So like, uh, I've as long as I've been watching, even Biofrost has been on the roster, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I feel like they're all kind of, from my perspective, they're all like, as far as I can tell, like the T TSM, TSM. Yeah. Are you, Mark? Go ahead. Uh, so I was gonna kind of stick on on the uh, the whole changing players thing because yeah. um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna give you my take a little bit and you can tell me what your take is as someone who doesn't want the team to change as much as I do because I take the opinion that we've seen this roster twice at your Worlds it hasn't got out of groups either time uh, it looked particularly bad this time um, and if your aspirations are to do well at Worlds something needs to change and everything is going to come at a risk when you're at the top of North America. The only place you can go in North America is down and you won't know how, if you're going up at all until, you know, worlds potentially. So I, I understand there's a large risk here, but uh, you got to change something. And as much as people want to put a lot of it on Parth, uh, I think it's a little naive to assume someone who has had the most domestic success in, in the West is somehow going to get, you know, so someone's going to come in and get so much more out of this team. So uh, I and even maybe then people say, well, change the jungler too, and then you've changed a fair amount of the team. But I'm of the opinion that I didn't think Biofrost or Doublelift has looked great at the past two worlds, so I'm fine with pe them making potentially uh, a slight upgrade to bring in a new team. So what's what's your perspective on something like that? Uh, I pretty much agree, uh, especially since the interesting thing is if you're bringing in Sven and Mithy, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Sven is still European-European, so they would have to change him out. You can't run all three of those players? Yep, correct. 
Correct. So, um, you would then be changing three out of the five players in TSM, and if we're being honest, probably three of the five more volatile players that are like more, um, like Bjerg is your rock and like Haunter was popping off on Worlds and the other players were kind of um, more problematic or at least had the potential to be. Yeah. Hey, uh, you can't control me. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Uh, really appreciate your take on the TSM. It's always fun talking to TSM fans. Uh, gets Twitch chat going crazy. Uh, can I can I offer my take on this before we move on to the sure. next person? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's kind of like this is going to seem extremely divisive and it's not something that I am 100% committed to as a philosophy but it's kind of just something that I've been thinking about um, as it relates to the potential of this roster change. Let's for the purposes of this exercise assume that uh, Double and Bio are gone and Sven and Mithy are coming in. Uh, what is your ultimate goal as an NA LCS team? Um Obviously, results at Worlds have been very poor. At w how far do you guys personally think that an NA team needs to go at Worlds in order for fans to be satisfied? Is it just getting out of groups? Is it getting two quarterfinals? Is it getting semis? Is Finals, it getting... baby. We got to win. No, I, I want a serious answer, though, for the purpose of the exercise. Though. Yeah, I mean, like, I think... Where, where do you think you fans just, are You happy? just need to show progress. Like, if somebody had... Like, if all three of our teams had gotten into quarters and had a good showing that would have been historic and people would have mm -hmm. uh cheered for them and if we had had a team get to semis like that would have been historic and people would have cheered for na mm -hmm. i think you just have to show progress uh my opinion uh is it's kind of contextual because if you end up in a tough group and you don't get out i don't think people right. would say g2 had a disappointing worlds mm -hmm. um necessarily i think that people would have been much happier if they got out but I think if it's a situation where a bunch of North American teams get out of Worlds, or if you're talking about a specific team, what counts as success, uh, I would say beating teams that people respect is, is for me, the most important thing. Gotcha. Not, not you know, I got to semis. I don't give a fuck H2K got to semis. Yeah, dodging Koreans. Yeah, doing nothing. They beat a fucking wildcard team that lucked its way there. All right? Yeah. So you've got to beat or at least have a good showing versus a respectable team. So yeah. I would say if someone right. put up a Misfits-like performance and got knocked out in quarters... Yeah, I, I would count that as a successful run to a degree. Yeah. Sure. Okay, I think that a, an NA team, in order to actually have people care beyond like the two-month window of Worlds, having success and it translating over is like semis or maybe even finals. Um, and I, my feeling right now is based on the historical results of NA that that's not happening. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it's really possible so understanding that uh i think that what is most valuable potentially for an nals and like i again i'm not married to this but what is potentially most valuable to an nalcs team is being the best in na and then once you are there being as popular as possible yeah. sven and mithy are obviously going to be a massive popularity downgrade um from double and bio and what happens is if you release double and bio you now have two, while not at the world stage top performers in NA, elite players that you are introducing now into the competitive scene against you on other teams. Um, and bringing in Sven and Mithy gives you two good players, obviously, as well. But otherwise, they're outside the market. So you are making potentially a lateral move in regards to talent or maybe a slight upgrade. 
a significant downgrade in regards to popularity and introducing more competition into the space for your competitors, like ammo for them to try and take you out. Uh, in that regard, I'm, I might argue that this roster move is like potentially foolish, uh, especially if they do not show any greater performance at Worlds or a significant upgrade, then you've just gotten a significantly less popular team uh, as like the rea Reddit reaction was across the board and what have you done for your results like I I appreciate the ambition of chasing the dream of performing better at Worlds but there's been nothing to indicate to me at this point that it will happen for a North American team yeah I can take that perspective I wouldn't even say it's necessarily wrong but I think if you're looking at the competitive perspective you can never accept that as as your answer for sure uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I will say just on the the popularity angle Everyone who joins CSM becomes a, a rock star. And if Sven is actually fucking hilarious. Uh, I, I think Sven's super funny, like what I've seen of him. And I think the exposure that TSM does with her content, things like that, will only endear him to NA more. And people will learn to love him. Maybe never as much as, as Double Potentially. F. Yeah. Ne never as much as Double F, who's so iconic. But I think people will, like Hanser was a fucking nobody. And now he's, he's one of the most popular players because he's funny. Yeah. Um, well, well let's, I mean, okay. and, he's, and he's got a sick body. Let's, uh, That's probably the most important thing. Let's move on to the next caller, uh, if you want to bring him up, Mark. Yep. All right, looks like we got AJ on the line. AJ, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from British Columbia, Canada. Hey, nice. Canadian. Are you anywhere Wait, near but Vancouver? But you're not American then, so why do you what? care about North... <laughs> I'm kidding. Canada, no. Oh, I get it. Quay, What's Quay. a great joke, Mark? Some shit. Yeah, go fuck me. All right. Um, AJ, uh, are you anywhere near Vancouver? It goes about an hour out. Nice. Okay, love that city. All right. So, what do you got? What do you want to talk to us about? I was just looking at the the rumors regarding CLG recently, and I I noticed that one of the big ones is that Aframu hasn't signed yet, and so as a CLG fan. I feel like Alpha Move is like a really big core player for CLG, and so and because he does like a lot of shot calling and he's a leader in other ways as well. So I kind of fear that like if he leaves, even though he's only one player, as opposed to like TSM where you get a lot of players, even if just Afro leaves, that might back down the leadership of the team. I so, mean, it I depends on who they replace him with, right? But it, I just feel like there aren't a lot of options that are like as as good at leadership and as like well known in that regard as afro there yeah. might be some i guess but yeah i don't know i mean do you but that begs the question like do you think that afro is irreplaceable for clg like is is he can clg not stand with or cannot succeed without aframu he could probably succeed uh, i don't think it's like impossible but I, I at the very least i think there for sure be a lot of growing pains to get used to you know, not having your main shot, Carlo, like, and all these guys, I guess, except for Omar, who's pretty new, the rest of them are really used to Afro, you know, shot calling them and sort of being your leader. So they're, at the very least, I would think in the beginning, they'd have a lot of growing pains. But I do think um, it's possible that they could still succeed and you'll become, you know, finals team and that kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah, there'd be some growing pains for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, Kelby, you you manage well, Mark. If you've got something, but I also you know Kelby managed Aframu, so I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this. 
Uh, I think that it was really bad when CLG lost, lost double lift, and I think that losing Aphromoo would be another bad change in direction for the organization. I mean, CLG cut double lift because... Well, I mean, yeah, it's public information now, right? Yeah, yeah. that Afro went to CLG and said, like, it's a me or him situation. Yeah, it's, it's um, in Faith, a double lift documentary produced by yes. Travis Gaffer okay, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somet- Sometimes you forget about, you know, what's what's out there and what's yeah. not, right? Um, but, yeah, I – it's real rough, man. Like, I think that – I also don't know what that bot lane dynamic is like because bot lane is the one position or one area of the map where you don't necessarily have a 100% understanding if the success of that lane is because of two individual players' talents or because one person is helping lead the other. Like, remember when we had Peter or Double and Yellowstar on the same team? Two, like, really awesome players. But, like, they just did not work together. And I know at the beginning of Peter's career, like, without Chouster teaching him how to play the game, Peter does not develop into the AD carry that he does today. Probably the same thing with Biofrost on the come up with Peter. So, like, is Stixay in a position where he can exist in a lane and be as successful and brilliant at times as he's seen, seemed, without Afro in the lane? I don't know because, you know, I don't coach the team. Um, but that's something that's you know would be very interesting to me. Aside from the fact that yes, once Peter left, Afro stood stepped into the emotional leadership role for the team, has seemed to do a very good job of that. Is obviously a great player, the most popular player on CLG, and potentially like the lane leader for bot. Like, I'm sure CLG is doing everything in their powers to keep him, uh, and we have no idea whether or not he'll actually you know be leaving the team or not. But yeah, it would seem like probably the biggest loss that CLG could suffer in the offseason across the board. Yeah. So my, my thoughts are two things. Uh, one, like I, I've talked to a lot of players, and I think he is the most desired player to play with um, by, by, by people. Damn. Um, I, th- I think Bjergsen might be higher, but uh, I think like when you when you took him out, I think, I think Afro was, was the one that people wanted to play with the most after that. Um, I think High was up there pretty high, too. Uh, there, there's, there's a... A thing and i think that speaks to how much market value he has it's just like a lot of people want to play with him and i don't think that there's a real way that you get this like a substitute that's going to step in and fill his shoes like your team just has to fundamentally change when he leaves um they do have darshan who's very vocal though it's super hard to shot call from top lane mm-hmm. um and i mean you can always have other people talk on the team so we'll see who he seems very very smart so i'm and he's pretty fluent in English so I'm sure he could do it um but but yeah Afro is such a big voice that you don't you don't just replace somebody like that yeah um and what I'll ask AJ AJ before I kick him out yeah uh you know based off who might be out of a uh, team right now through the rumors you have potentially Biofrost you have potentially maybe TL's Matt if if Afro is going there um as well as basically anybody let's say (laughs) Afro takes their job uh is there is there another support in the league that you would feel comfortable with taking over for Afro Moon? Is there some guy that you would want if, if Afro is just totally off the board? Uh, I don't feel like anyone can really fully replace what he brings, but just based on gameplay, if Ole is available, I think he would be a good option probably, uh, just because he's obviously like amazing last season. Mm-hmm. 
if he replaced the shot calling in the same way, he might. I mean, he made some good shot calling plays last last split, but I would probably go with Ole as my top one. Maybe Biofrost is another one too. Yeah. Thanks, AJ, so much for the call. Appreciate it, and uh, good to talk to you about CLG. Hopefully you can uh, stay warm in British Columbia. Too bad. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Uh, all right, so, uh, Mark, if you want to uh, – oh, we've got yeah. somebody right now. Uh, so Mr. Brightside, which is a killer song, uh, has joined yeah, us. Uh, where about you calling us from? Uh, Australia. Australia. Oh, this hey. is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, oh, did, someone, did you guys ask me something? I see Twitch chat saying I disappeared. Uh, I think I think they were just noticing that you were talking to somebody else in the other chat because people can see oh. your webcam. This, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Brightside, what time is it in Australia right now? Uh, it's seven o'clock at night. Seven o'clock at night. Okay, so not not too too bad. Uh, what do your What do you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, uh, player uh, contract acquisition from Immortals to Liquid. Okay. Well, the rumored one, we should say. Yeah, well, yeah. Steve, Steve and, was uh, not willing to, to give us that many yeah, details. And I just wanted to touch on, like, I wanted to obviously get your guys' input and talk about who I thought would be worth keeping from that. Yeah. From the rumored uh, yeah, acquisition. Because the idea is they, they picked up all the players that Immortals still had under contract, uh, which the, the big three people would know are, what, Xmithy, Pobelter, and Cody Sun. Yeah, yeah. And then they had uh two other folks as well on the on the bench. What um yeah, I mean do you do you have a thought, Brightside? Yeah, um, I mean well personally I thought out of the, the three, I thought Probelter was the most like interesting, would be the best pickup. I mean obviously it's kinda it's hard to say exactly like how good he could be with Mickey still having not been seen much. Yeah. And the other one well I thought was uh X Mithy as well. Yes. Which is more of a bigger discussion really because of like the he's like the sixth jungler that Liquid have now yeah. on their list. But that was cause, I mean, it was a bit harder now when it's uh, going to best of ones. So I thought best of threes if they had X Mithy and like Dardock, for example, that would be ridiculously good. Yeah, I mean who what do you guys what do you guys think about uh his question, you know, who do you think you would want to keep around and also do you keep some of these players and put them on your academy team? Because remember, these guys have to field academy teams now. Uh, Mark and right. Kelby. Yeah, I think it's hard to probably convince Cody to play on an academy team. Um, because, you know, if we're taking Steve at his word that he wouldn't, you know, hold anyone hostage or anything like that, and he's willing to move that player, I think uh, you would expect Cody to end up on a team yeah. and not on an academy team. And. I do think Cody is potentially worth keeping. If if the double lift thing is 100% Team Liquid, then yeah, I think you take double lift over Cody. Um, but especially given that you, you're not getting Ole with him, and you don't know how much of that lane was Ole, I think there's a big question mark with with Cody playing without his one lane mate that we've seen in the LCS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it would be really interesting. People might not uh, remember this, but if you think about it. If they keep X Smithy and Pobelter in this scenario, and the rumor about double lift is true, that those were three guys that played. That, that's the majority of the 2015 CLG team uh, that beat TSM and and did all that stuff right before double lift left. So and two of them got removed at the same time. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if that's like a good thing. If if there's a lot of strength there or, or what happens. So Kelby, you have any thoughts? 
Yeah, I think that it'll be really valuable for teams to hold on to as many strong players as possible for a good academy team. I think that something that we really haven't seen explored yet in LCS is the value of having like essentially a second roster to, especially if they're stronger players, learn and practice twice as much stuff, right? Um, and potentially be like a tester team for you in specific, like we want to play against this thing or practice against this strategy, um, you know, and it's, it, the stronger your academy team gets, then the, the better of a simulation and like better research you can get from them. So if you're able to keep top talent around for this team and have them be an even better sister team for the org, I think it'll be really valuable for the orgs who actually don't just think only about how are they going to build out their starting roster, but what does the academy team look like, and how are we using them in developing the overall strength of, you know, the starting five. Yeah. Mr. Brightside, any any final thoughts on the IMT thing? Otherwise, I just want to ask you a question about Australia. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there and say what you guys thought, really. Yeah, so. thanks. Do you watch any of the Oceania League of Legends esports? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay, so just do you watch anything besides NALCS? <laughs> yeah, I watch pretty much. I watch a bit of EU. Uh, okay, Fabric whoa, Korea you watch well. EU over wow. Oceania? That's not uh, good. Yeah, okay, that's rough. That's rough. Does, <laughs> does Oceania ever have a chance? You think? I, I want to believe. Okay, all right. Well, probably not. Hopefully, they did can you get care about at some point in time? Did you care about Tainted Minds at all? Uh, I did, yeah, I did. I thought that was uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that didn't help anything about the OCA friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, great to hear from from Australia. Have a good rest of your day. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, all right, so I was thinking, uh, Mark, maybe we do two more t uh, questions about the team stuff, and then we do two just open air whatever questions anybody wants to talk about, and then we maybe wrap up the show. All sure. right. We'll see how many other questions people have. Sure. But uh, before, I'll, I'll get a little bit of a leading question here then. Uh, if somebody wants to talk about something that's not TL, CRG, or TSM from here on out, I would love to hear about you know the supposed Apollo, Lyra, Hakuho, potentially someday as well, team that you hear getting kicked around. Uh, maybe maybe some other of those, those yeah. rumors. Uh, maybe Ryu potentially meeting back up with Prawley. Any of these other ideas. I would, I'd love to get off... Uh, some of these other new teams potentially. So do we got another caller? Yes, we do. And it's a returning caller, Travis. Oh, yeah. It's Ichirakuman. I remember having a hard time pronouncing your name. Welcome back to the show. He, he's a sub. Yeah. Do you know that? Uh, yes, of course. I know all my subs and their names <laughs> and uh, their birthdays, their the name of their children. Uh, so where can you remind me again where you're calling from? I'm in Portland. Dude, don't you remember he he was talking about how Portlandia is like exactly what Portland is? Yes, of course I remember this, Mark. Please let him answer the questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so from Portland, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, how a lot of people on Reddit, after the rumors of Mike Young being the new TSM jungler, a lot of them were like... Who? Uh, on Reddit, how a lot of people were, were talking oh. about how Mike Young would be the new TSM jungler. I was and, uh, looking for everybody... a Mike Young. Mike Young! Mike oh. Young. <laughs> yeah, uh, how everybody was like uh, hyping up 
and how it would be like a big saving grace for the roster, and I don't really agree with that. I don't think that Mike Young doesn't really solve a lot of their problems. Like, uh, Mike Young, while he did have like a lot of star player moments, it didn't really seem like it would solve some of the problems that TSM had and like things like what I noticed that uh, Worlds was like, it seemed like they lacked what a lot of the best teams have, which was like, was like a killer instinct, you know? Like, it felt like they were all just playing super scared all the time, and they yeah. didn't really know how to do something proactively. And I feel like, uh, from what I've seen from Mike Young, like, uh, any little bits of audio that we can get from the comms of their games, energies and stuff, he seems like a really passive person. I don't know how he, like, actually talks in the game, but just from personality-wise, he doesn't really seem like he would solve anything with that. Yeah. So I don't really think he would, like, be a saving grace for the team. I do think he's a really good, like, up-and-coming player, and I think that a lot of the blame towards Sven wasn't really justified, and a lot of it, Twitch, reasons why he might look bad is, like, team stuff. Twitch chat is taking issue with your, your saying that Reddit said this. People are saying Reddit feels like he's overrated. But you saw oh, this okay. elsewhere? I, was this on yeah, the TSM I, I, sub I or the League of Legends sub? I, I don't remember where, but I can't remember if it was on TSM sub or on the our yeah. League of Legends, but I remember seeing some comments. By the way, just a I, quick pause. Uh, the Mark Z just subscribed to my channel, so thank you very no, much. Because Zix gifted him a four ninety nine oh. sub. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tony's you. here. Zix Lawlin. Yeah. Tony in the chat. Mark sub into my channel. Mark, thank you. I want you to enjoy the sub. It's the greatest gift. By the way, so I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, Ichiru Kuman, but if you know the holidays are here, you want to get a great gift oh for your God, family, dude. your friends. A a sub to my channel is just a, one of the greatest gifts you could get. Uh, and by the way, you you want to make sure that your your friends really understand how much you appreciate them. Go for the twenty four ninety nine. Okay, you don't you don't the four ninety nine. It was great that Zix did that for Mark, but like if you could afford it, go for the twenty four ninety nine because that's really going to show them how much you care. I anyway. think what Zix is trying to do is to buy his way onto the show. Um, so if, if Tony wants to come yeah. on towards the oh, end, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, absolutely yeah. open. Great. I'd love to have I, Tony on. To, to get back to your point, though, I think that you you brought up one thing that is really interesting. So in my personal talks with uh, Doublelift after Worlds this time around, one of the things that he brought up specifically is that he one of the big points of disparity between performance of NA and EU teams on the world stage is this ability to play like you're not scared. Uh, EU teams are much better, for whatever reason, at getting out on stage and just playing like no fucks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And you have to have that killer instinct. It's really important. The ones, and we see it all the time in League of Legends, it's so much more common to see the people who are proactive on the map, the ones who are making plays, forcing issues, are the guys who take advantages, are able to snowball and win games, especially at the highest level. People who are playing defensive, and like, I'm not the league expert that I used to be, but because uh, I don't watch I don't as much as I used to. Shut the fuck up, Travis. <laughs> All right? I had a very good understanding of the game at one yeah, point. That's but, why your um, team almost got relegated. Yeah. yeah. I'm not on stage, dude. I didn't have the mechanics. Okay, yeah. But, the mind the yeah. mind was there sure. i'm just kidding um but uh yeah no it's like uh you see so many even top teams just like slowly bleed out and uh it's really hard to come back so i think that yeah you're right the having the killer instinct especially on the big stage is what's really important and we haven't seen i'm not saying mike young doesn't have it but i think that you're absolutely right finding that ingredient when it matters it's what's going to 
push NA forward on the world stage if I mean, they are you get, ever though, able to do so. If, uh, if you've got Sven and Mithy supposedly taking up your your import slots, like you need a domestic yeah. jungler. Uh, yeah. Xmithy, you try to get Steve to to bring you bring him over. I mean, uh, your options are somewhat limited to some of these new rookies. Well, yeah, if you're commit if you're committing to Sven and Mithy, yeah, but it's not if you're keeping uh, okay. NA players. Like, what if you did, what if you did double lift and Ole? You know what I mean? And then you can use your, I don't know, import slot on a jungler if you wanted. I'm yeah. not saying it's the right play. It's just a different philosophy, yeah. right? Ichi, sorry, yeah. you were going to say something. I think. And maybe they are doing that. We don't know. Who yeah, knows I, what I will come? Like TSM probably just really wanted to get rid of the bot lane as a whole, not necessarily because they're bad or anything. It just seems like they wanted like a bigger change, and doing it in the bot lane would be the change because two years in a row, the same roster went to Worlds, and like despite how like how much you can compare mm -hmm. Sven and Mithy to Doublelift and Biofrost, like, the, the ending result and the fact of the matter is that the roster went to Worlds two times, right. both times they failed, so it's kind of ignorant to like not make a pretty substantial change. So yeah. I, I think that changing to Zven and Mithy is... So, uh, the, uh, just a quick point about Mike Young is having talked to a lot of players about him, they feel like he is uh, a little cheesy in a sense where he goes for like a lot of high-risk, high-reward stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that is both good and bad and uh, how TSM used to operate before. Maybe they, they, they were a little bit too much on the we don't like high risk, high reward. They they often played like two low risk, low rewards. They ended up with no rewards. It felt like in comp like against good teams who could who could match them. Um, and I think Mike Young, like you're saying, Kelby can kind of fill that void potentially while mm -hmm. uh, hopefully getting coach some of the bad habits out of him. Uh, so I can see a world where Mike Young works out, but I I, I also agree that I don't think he's going to come in and be this superstar right away. Uh, but I do think his style does work really well with, with strong laners because if you're going to go ape shit in someone's jungle, having people who are kind of winning on their own uh, emphasize that play style. So I could see this working out pretty well uh, regionally as well, potentially. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The other thing about like uh, having like bringing on a really aggressive jungler is just like something that like I think about when that happens specifically with TSM. It's just like how Svenskeren was like touted as like a really good aggressive jungler who would like counter jungle you, go in sheer jungle and fuck you up. Uh, and then it seemed like over the course of TSM, he just turned into like a ward bot basically. And uh, some people, I'm not really sure how I feel if this would happen with Mike Young, but also believe that like the same thing could happen with Mike Young, you know, because it seems like they have a history of turning their junglers into ward bots. Mm. So like, what do you guys think about that? I mean... It's not impossible. I've seen it happen on teams in the past where players have unique playstyles coming in and then a team's culture can dictate their playstyle to them and you change the player. And especially like every player in league like has a natural instinct. Like they have a, they have a natural style, right? And some are better at adapting than others, but I personally believe that the chemistry of rosters and success that you find is being able to find players who naturals play styles will eventually work together, and that's where we find the best best squads. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on, Ichi. Really appreciate it. Good to talk no to you problem. again. Uh, enjoy Portland, and thanks for being a sub. Yeah, see ya. See ya. See you, dude. All right. Well, uh, Kelby, I think these things are going along pretty well. By the way, I want to do a couple shout-outs. Uh, so, again, thanks to Zixlaw. Uh, Dark Defender subbed. And Boba Cola sub. Resub for four months. Boba Cola with the four months sub. Thank you very much.
Uh, we're continuing our talk. If you're just calling in, uh, we have... Sorry. Oh, we got Mark back. And uh, we've got somebody here. Talk I just to... want to say, yeah. Well, no one mentioned that my microphone is on my... my uh, it's on my laptop. Okay. That's why my, my typing's been so loud. Uh, oh, my, this thing, this is all for show. Yeah. Nothing. Okay, there we go. Uh, Jonas, where are you calling from? I'm from Long Island, New York. <clears throat> nice. Well, thanks for calling. And, uh, I know it's late there, so I appreciate you uh, staying up to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to talk about Echo Fox, actually, how recently, well, Optic so uh, got Acadian. Well, at least that's what's rumored to be happening. Yeah. And Echo Fox as a whole, because a lot of people are thinking, like, Apro could go to Echo Fox and, you know, should Keith stay and all this other stuff, you know, or should they build around Frog and, and I just want to discuss it, you know. What do you? What, well, do, what you do you think? think? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, I think Froggen is a good base. You know, he's always been a well-performing mid laner. He's someone who always puts out good numbers stats-wise. It's just like the whole shot calling thing hasn't always been his best aspect. So maybe bringing in someone like Aframu would be really good for a team. I love this idea. Wise. Just well, kind of love this idea. I, I love this topic because. Kelby was just doing a great job talking about people's natural play styles. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Froggen is someone who has an extremely risk-averse natural play style. Um, and from what we've heard about him over the years, is someone who is uh, fairly strong-headed about how he wants to play the game. And I think that's how you end up in these situations where someone gets molded into a player they don't really want to be, and yeah. suddenly they seem bad. Um, and so my question to you, Jonas, is you say... Froggen is this great player to play around, but he hasn't been on a successful team in years, uh, despite a lot of moving parts around him. Um, so do you really believe that he is a superstar? And is this a guy that, like, if you're a big fan of Echo Fox, do you want to keep moving forward with this guy? I, I think, no doubt in my mind, he's one of the most talented players to ever play the game. But it's yeah. the question of, is he the guy that you build a whole team around? Well, I think ever since Alliance, yeah, he's had a rough time. But the reason, like, Echo Fox keeps him is, like, this guy, like, you know, he, if you look at the stats, he's never, like, less than top four stats-wise. Of course, like, you can always make the argument that, like, it's who he is ahead of him because just of what, who he can bring in comparison to Froggen. But I think if you give Froggen someone who can have a voice and kind of lead him to, like, tell him what to do with his leads, because he's always this guy who's getting huge leads in lane, but he can't ever, like, put it across the map, if you know what I mean. So I think, yeah, I think building around him as long as you get someone else who can shot call is a great idea. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, do Pro you think Afro and, and him butt heads at all? Uh, I mean, we've heard Afro doesn't necessarily like working with strong-willed players, potentially with Doublelift. I'm not saying, you know, Froggen's on the Doublelift level when Doublelift was back in the day and was uh, apparently not the nicest man to play with. Uh, but uh, are, are, would you do you think, would you be optimistic about afro and, and him working out yeah i think so but the thing is like in that that idea that there needs to be a shot caller i don't know else who else is a free agent that's really that big of a shot caller who hasn't already been well quote unquote taken like double ifs supposedly already on tim liquid i don't know who else would really how would you feel about ole he's a pretty aggressive guy gets on the map i think he could potentially synergize with some of uh setting uh, offsetting uh Froggen's weaknesses yeah, but Ole would be good, but isn't he? Uh, he he would be Korean because they already have Looper and Froggen. Because I think Looper is actually a strong player. Just again, there's like no base that they were really working off of. High returns to it, support. 
Is Froggen not resident status now? Nope. It's been so long. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe no, he, he, he joined a little too late. Gotcha. I I think that you guys are right. I think it, it if this thing were to happen, like hypothetically, that uh, it would be incredibly dependent on how Froggen and Afro synergize. From when I knew Zach on the t or sorry, when I from when I knew Afro on the team, like he was the kind of leader where I think he was only able to step into that role once Peter left the team because yeah, he. Like, he needs to be the strongest-willed personality on the team to be the leader. and But he's not, like, super vocal when there's other strong-willed personalities around him. Um, he's not super, like, naturally vocal himself. Afro is, like, a pretty chill, uh, like, passive dude. Froggen is, like, an anomaly or, like, a weird enigma to me now because the Froggen that I knew when he was on CLG EU, like, I... I agree with you, Mark. Like, he's got to be one of the most talented people to ever play the game, especially from the West. And on the international stage, he has had incredible results when he was getting there. Like, he plays really well um, on the big stage. But the Froggen I knew, like, would never settle for not having a roster that wasn't just, like, knocking down the door of being best in the region every year. And that clearly doesn't seem to be the point now um i don't know what froggen's motivations are anymore and like if everything is the same that it used to be and i think that in order to be at the top of your game you need to be like a hundred percent in on what you're doing and like he's just so naturally talented he'll he'll always be yeah like in the top four but uh maybe like the afro injection if they get like a strong roster around him would like you know kind of and i'm not saying that froggen is invigorated right now it just doesn't strike me as like i don't know he's at where he could be yeah i think uh, i think it's i mean you don't have to even fire shots at froggen to make this claim but like when he was on clg eu and he was streaming he had that 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 like week-long period i think it was even in north america where he played the game for like yes for like 60 straight hours in three days or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was it was fucking insane and like yeah. He's, he's obviously a much more balanced person now, but mm -hmm. the reality is, is that like when you put in that level of work, while it has diminishing returns, you're still getting returns. And that's kind of the yeah. Korean mentality. And, and he, he had that mentality in the past and it doesn't feel like it's there anymore. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks yeah. for calling in. I uh, really appreciate no talking to you, Jonas. Get great, great question. Good, good talk. All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got a couple of questions. I don't think, are we done talking about team stuff? I think, uh, I know Mark switched to the other channel is figuring stuff out, but we might maybe one more team question. We'll see uh, as it is getting kind of late and the show's been going for a while, but there's so much to talk about here on Hotline League. Just trying to see if we got any shout outs that I need to be making during the break while we wait for the next caller to show up. And uh, Are we doing general questions now? I think I think we might be moving on to general questions. I'm not sure. We'll ask the, when everybody comes back. The last thing I would say about team stuff is like, I'm going to be interested to see who's going to take the first, like, real bet on a roster with franchising now that you, like, don't have to worry about relegations and try and develop, you know, some 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 young talent, some unknown talent maybe around veteran players. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope we get to see that. I would be interested to see that. Yeah, it's just hard to get veteran players, I think, to... Uh, sorry if I made For you... For sure, you got to have people buy in. Sorry, Mark? Uh, nothing, sorry, I... 
Yeah. Do yeah, we so have another I, question about? Sorry, are we have we switched to general questions? Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking we're moving to. So yeah, yeah. that's what he's about. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, we're ready. Hello, one sock. Uh, it sounds like you've got somebody in the background, uh, but that's okay. What What it's do you have? You guys. Oh, so. it's us. Okay, you meet us. Okay. Perfect. Uh, okay. Where are you calling from? Alabama. Alabama. Nice. Where right. in Alabama? I, I don't know if I want to say. You know what I'm saying? I don't want too many people to know that I'm calling in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There might be that okay. one person that recognizes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Somewhere yeah. in Alabama. Fair enough. Uh, and I what do you want to talk about? Okay. So basically, I kind of want to talk about how NA is not going to change that much, right, with franchising. Okay? okay. And so basically, long story short, is I think that the top four teams, you know, the, the big four, are going to win everything because teams still do not know how to build rosters. And it confuses me so much how teams can't figure out how to build a roster. Well, who's the big four? TSM, C9, CLG, uh, Liquid. Okay, so if Liquid starts winning stuff, you're, you're grouping them in there. That's a big yes. change, right? Well, right, from last year. But I think Liquid just kind of had some – I mean, I, I think yeah. they kind of just screwed up because they, they didn't know how to build a roster. Yeah. Now they're just like flawlessly making – they're just buying everybody so they can't fail. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. Okay, so I think NA essentially with every team that they bring to international always has a glaring flaw, right? Like TSM had the worst early game in the tournament. C9 didn't make plays, and then Mortals had Cody Sun. And you can go through this and track it. And so I kind of feel like a bunch of new teams are going to come in, but they're going to do a horrible job building rosters, right? Like Echo Fox had Froggen and Looper, pretty good, and Acadian. But then they have Keith and just fuck up the entire bot side of the map, <laughs> right? Like you can't you, – you, you throw away your bot side of your map with Keith. And so well, you can't – I mean, you can't blame them for the Keith thing. Like he had looked – you remember when Keith first debuted – Right. He, he took he took off Piglet, who couldn't speak a word of English, and then all of a sudden, then Piglet starts picking his shit back up together. He tried to replace Wild Turtle, and then really couldn't even do that. And Turtle's kind of ass in lane, if we're being real. Yeah. You're very critical like, of eighty carries. I mean, dude, I love this guy, man. Yeah. I, I would rather everyone who comes on this show has strong opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, look, no, 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 okay, but here's the thing, like, okay. So reason why I don't think NA is going to change too much is I'm also – I think the last guy who had on the Mike Young was a pretty good point, right? Like I don't think Mike Young is going to change. I don't how, – how is a rookie going to handle like three dominant veteran lanes? He's going to get bossed around. He's not going to come in bringing his own idea. I was on the TSM team Lyra, okay? C9's losing impact, so when impact was playing good, he's going to be great. And then CLG, they won't get rid of who he. So it's just going to be a thing. And so I'm just predicting that, like, NA is going to do the exact same thing again. Probably TSM will win. Maybe Liquid can do it. And so that's just sort of my, like, general thoughts of, like, well, I think the, how I think NA is going to be. One suck, there's no way it could be the same. Because last year we saw tremendous performances from Immortals, oh and we will God. not be seeing okay. we I mean, will on, not be on, seeing on, that. On the real, on the real, I, I was one of those. I was, I, for me, like I understand that you can't like. There's only so much NA talent, 
and I get that, right? Like, I get that, like, you can only have, like, like I think Double Lift is by far top three, like, most valuable players just because he's an NA 80 carry, right? Like, I think the only reason Poe Belter is, like, so great is just because he can, you can put it in a spot beside his name. He's yeah. the only NA mid. But, like, other than that, you're not bringing Poe Belter. Like, he he could have shined in that group, and it was so bad. Like, his group was so weak in mid lane at Worlds, and he didn't do well, anything. Well, you can't – I don't think you can talk about NA at Worlds at all because our NA players all look like shit when you go to Worlds, right? Okay, 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 fine. But that's sort of my general kind of discussion is, like, I feel like not a lot is going to change. Yeah. So, so what like, do they need to do different? I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Competition, you, or are we talking about? Just no, like you're talking about building them? teams. You said that none of these orgs know how to build a team, and it frustrates you okay. because they're dumb. Well, so, okay, I want to know what you think people need. Okay, okay. Here's here's two sides of that. One, I think on content creation. Okay, I think orgs suck on that. I know I'm I'm kind of going off, but like seriously. If you're not regularly on the front page of Reddit, like the fact that someone like Thorin and Travis, granted they've built up brands on front page of Reddit more than some of these orgs bothers me. What, what about, it doesn't what about, bother me. What, what about I agree me? Travis <laughs> being on the front is, page of Me being on the front page, does that bother you at all? No, 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 no listen. It's not, <laughs> guys, I hey, know what are you trying to say about content creators, one sock? Listen, listen, listen. I get that you guys are making money. But like, oh, I'm short, not. I'm not making money. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ad revenue, 70k <laughs> yeah. videos. You know that might buy me a McDonald's. Right, listen, okay. you had me all the way up until you started talking about me and Mark. All right, like okay, that's. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but listen, okay, like in short, I think randomly, I keep going off topic. But like, yeah, I think the problem with Europe is they are producing no content except for like Fnatic. Okay, I think a thing with NA orgs. They're all kind of like doing this wannabe TSM thing where they're like trying to say, oh, yeah, we're super serious about winning. And I'm like, dude, why? You're, you're not like just have some sense of identity. So one, I think work should do that. Actually sell me something. So what what do you think is bad about the content that they're doing right now? And what do you want to So you're saying they don't have identity. What do you want to see them do well, like, okay, differently so like with the TSM content? TSM mm-hmm. is like the try-hard team. Right, like that's what Reggie sells to his team. He's like says, "We want to win worlds." Right, that's an identity. Mm-hmm. Right, Liquid, like they're kind of a meanie team. Like I don't know, like what is the like CLG had kind of that like, you know, Captain Planet like friendship unite we can conquer anything kind of feel to it. Like have faith, you know, like there was something. Like, but but. I'm gonna have to cut you off. So much of this is contingent on like what your team's able to do successfully. Like the well, only reason people gave a fuck about CLG being the friendship team was that they were winning. Right. Echo Fox hasn't made big roster moves. They're also the friendship team, and they okay. suck. And people people don't don't love them for that necessarily. Right. They love Rick Fox. But here's the I, I agree about that. I mean, I like who doesn't like Rick Fox. But what I'm saying is, is that like you have no identity. Like, seriously, like, can you give me, like, could any of you guys sum up in a sentence, like, what is the identity of, let's say, Echo Fox? Or what's the identity of, like, a team like, I don't know, who was a team in the league last year, or Envy, or FlyQuest? I know they didn't make it, but, like, they offered you nothing. Yeah. 
I think yeah, if you he, look at I think if you look at the way I think teams have been either they've decided to start doing this or right is pushing them in this direction because if you look at the announcements uh, that they came out with, you know, mm-hmm. like FlyQuest is trying to brand themselves as like a very uh, player focused organization right. and we're about you the need, fans. You need something for fans yeah. to actually buy into. You yeah. just need some identity. And TSM, right, like to their credit, right, no matter how ridiculous it is and no matter how many times they fail, it is fair that they have something that they can sell, sell yeah. you. That's what they're trying. And then, sorry, second part, like as far as the competition goes, I mean, you know, I don't think I offer anything super that, you know, Reddit hasn't already offered. I mean, I just think that every NA org has had a red flag that people like, you know, when you guys did your show, right, like Marks and like Kelsey Moser and everybody were like, hey, C9 doesn't do anything for the first 15 minutes. And then like, look what happens to them, right? If you mean... And you're like looking at TSM, they don't do anything. Like, I just feel like, as far as competitively, like, I don't, un- I guess I just don't understand. And maybe, Mark, since you've coached, you can kind of actually talk to me a little bit this. Like, why is it so hard to fix something that the obvious Reddit analyst can look at and see? Well, because you're trying to break habits and mentality. Like, you don't, right. like, if I told you that you should learn rocket science, like okay. just because you understand that I need to learn rocket science for my job doesn't mean you're going to pick up and learn rocket right. science. That's and fair. second, just on the C9 point, they did change. They had one of the most active early games at Worlds. They, they, they did picked, great. They picked, they did yeah, great. so I don't, they did, they did, they did, did change it. Either way, either way, one sec, I want to thank you for calling in. We have to move yeah, on to the next caller. Long, guys, no, 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 man. it's good, it's good. I, I like a lot of your points. And, yeah, and, yeah, uh, it was like, great having you on. It's good having you on. Thanks, man. And EU does suck at content, that is for sure. Thank you, NA Farm System. We okay, love who you. Who do we have next? Uh, anyways, before we move on, I have a bit of a bone to pick with that whole topic. Because we let him talk. Okay, you you're, go you're you in, go real in, quick, Mark. You're in sports. Your 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 identity is for the most part trying to win. Like what? Envy built their roster to be competitive. It didn't work out. Like oh, they sh- they should have had an identity of memeing and not giving a fuck. Like that's well, not an identity. I think he just mean look. What I do like if you look at the new team announcements, I do think it's fair to say that it's good when teams say like this is what we stand for, right? Like. Clutch yeah. is saying we're about data and analytics, and that's what makes us good. Greenwall is like optics thing. They're like all about yeah. like this massive fan push. I think that's fine. I think that's what he was getting at. Yeah. Uh, like, here's the thing: when you tell me that Clutch City Gaming is all about data, what? How do you expect that to manifest itself to a fan's perspective? Do you think they're going to get out there and start pushing content where they're just talking numbers to you? And I, I'd you? love to talk to you for ten minutes about this, but we don't have time. We got to get through these four people. I just and we're say, going already going over time. Yeah, it's easy to sit back there Bring and say you someone, don't care Mark. about Dignitas because Bring they me someone Mark. Ah! Dignitas's identity is dead org. That's that's very clear now. Yeah. All right. I we, expected. We got four more callers. They were already queued up. We're going to churn through these guys really quick. And then we're going to wrap the show. Thanks, everyone. This is an extended version of Hotline League. I can't believe I'm awake. I flew from Montreal at 4 a.m. You know, it's great for keeping you awake, Travis. They're not a sponsor of my show. All right, get that shit out of here. You know what's great? What did Kelby say? He said, "Did he he roast me while I wasn't here?" No, no, no. He's talking about. He's talking about that. Hey, Degon, this is uh, you calling in. Where are you from? 
What's your I'm deal? I'm from currently in Santa Monica, California. Nice. Okay. And are you new to esports? Are you are you familiar <laughs> yeah. with League of Legends? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm kind of familiar with yeah. with the realm and stuff. Degon from uh, last year's broadcast or last season's broadcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, what do you got for us? Hey, man. So something that I wanted to note: we talk a lot about the movement of immortals, not too much on Ole. So I went up on his Twitter. Ole, as we know, one of the players that has traveled around a lot. Um, Brazil, Korea, Hong Kong, now North America, has been brushing up on his Mandarin. Interestingly enough, there's a picture of him on there with uh, Mandarin 2 to Mandarin 3. I do not know anything other than the fact that I saw that picture when we are talking about Immortals. It's like, hey, it seems like everyone's landing somewhere. Except Wait, where is this? I'm on his... Uh... It's on his Twitter page. Just oh, yeah. take a look at it. Yeah, and okay. all of a sudden he's holding up a Mandarin book. So oh maybe yeah, level something up. there. November seventeenth. Right? Yeah, that's that's a, recent too, yeah, right? Exactly. Huh. So I have a feeling like Ole will not be leaving the NALCS. I mean, I'm sure that's what Hong Kong thought as well. Two two things. One, Digon, you're kind of outshining us because your mic quality is fantastic. Yeah, yeah it is really voice. good. I like yeah. your voice, so, man. So right Thank now you're kind of stealing the show a little bit too much. So settle down and. Two, uh, I think North America is getting to the point where, like, they can not really compete with Chinese money. Like, you're not going to get any of their superstars. But yeah. um, people said, you know, uh, Song was going to go to China for Chinese money. And it sounds like he's going to TSM. And I think I saw right. the rumor said, like, 300K, which is not at all, like, crazy Chinese money. So uh, I can see a world where, uh, you know, Ole doesn't have to go to China. Uh, if he wants good money, like I feel like a new team should pay this guy because he's 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 proven. Um, but who knows? That is a, a juicy picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Like all my interactions with Ole, a hard worker, great teammate, even killed, and even in that one-on-one -on -one with Dash that they played before the uh, finals, um, he he's willing to have those hard conversations with players to get better. So any team that could pick him up, I think that'd be great. What is your mic setup? Oh, it's it, so good. It's it's the voiceover mic. I had some voiceover auditions today. <laughs> I was okay. too lazy to switch it over. That is uh, so good. I would have come to your house to shoot this from now on. Yeah, I'll yeah, bring was... my I'll bring my lamp. Uh, I've got I've got the Philips Hue here, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Right. Okay. Thank hey, thanks, Tigon. It was good to hear from you, and uh, thanks for having me on. We talk a little bit longer, but I think we gotta turn through some people really quick. Yeah, so. I, I told everyone we're in rapid fire yeah. mode, so I'll just grab the next. Okay. That was cool having Degon on. That mic quality though, that was something, something else. <laughs> he needs to do ASMR casts. Uh, Ron Swanson returning to the show. <laughs> I remember you, Ron. Sweet. And where are you calling from again? Just for those that don't know. South Carolina. South Carolina. We got some calls from South coming in. A dirty South. Tonight. We'll talk about some League of Legends. Yeah. Ron, <laughs> what? Ron, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I just wanted to talk about. Kelby's talking about earlier how NA teams should focus on winning NA and being popular instead of winning internationally. And I think from a competitive yeah. standpoint, that's just wrong. Yeah, 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 I think that it's like it is a philosophical approach from a business perspective that you can take as an organization. But if if people want to try and, you know, uh obviously be competitive at worlds i'm not going to fault them for pursuing those ambitions i just think that potentially from running your business and making it as successful as possible ultimately what you 
care most about is eyeballs. That's twofold. Uh, I think that results help popularity a great deal, and then obviously pop personality helps popularity. Um, in a market in which no NA team is having results at Worlds, from there, I think that if you're at the top level and dominating like TSM is, your goal from there, uh, we're 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 rolling with the assumption here that a team cannot perform at Worlds, and yeah, you aren't pushing mm -hmm. that boundary. Is that a good competitive mentality take? Obviously not. Um, I think there's a business argument that can be made for it in regards to we are maxing out the potential of our region in regards to performance, and from there we are creating the best content, we have the best players, we are getting as much eyeballs to our brand so that we can attract better sponsors, sell more merchandise, get more viewership on the platform, and be the best product from a fan perspective that NA can offer. Although I will completely agree and uh, you know, concede the point, is it a defeatist mentality from a competitive's perspective to take that viewpoint and say, NA cannot do better at Worlds, so we'll just give up on it as one of the leading teams in the region? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, sorry. My final thoughts on this, just uh, I think from Kelby's perspective, it's actually not that hard as a business. Like if you're one of the GMs and you hold this opinion, it's not that hard because the difference between winning, trying to win North America and trying to win Worlds is such like a, a, a slim margin in a sense that like you can probably – go for the ladder without convincing anyone you're not going for worlds. Right. 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 Um, and the only time that that doesn't work. And I think it's a time here with TSM is if the players want change. If you're, if Bjergsen has the competitive mindset and he says, I need change. I can't play with these players again. We're not winning. Then you can't help but change because Bjergsen is the most important person in the brand and he wants change. So uh, it, it's one of those times where as a GM, you can probably hide your true feelings and say, yeah, we're all for winning worlds, but you're not really. Uh, but if, if your team is going to fall apart, you, you kind of have to do with what they want. I think uh, it's fascinating to hear Kelby talk about this because you can see it reflect his philosophy reflected in CLG. When he was there, yeah. they were the second most popular team in the league. And now they're definitely not. And at the time, they were also just a terrible team. And now they're definitely not. So I mean, full full transparency, like there were times during the CLG era in which Peter's personality, or sorry, Double's personality was at the point and he was not at the maturity level yet where we potentially thought and there were conversations around like is Peter the best person on the team as far as results? Uh, because of the environment that he creates for the team. Uh, he's also obviously one of the best players in NA, but like, are we creating a situation that is at times, you know, like so toxic that like we can't, like we might have better results if we change. And from a business perspective, it was impossible to walk away from double lift. There is no way that the CLG brand could have survived in that era losing that player. Like he was way too important to sponsors, to the popularity of the brand, like Peter was CLG at that era. TSM doesn't have that same issue now, right? Um, because Soren is their Peter, and even like even if they lose Soren, uh, it's not something that TSM won't be fine with. But yeah, I, I mean, I I agree. Yeah. 
Hey, thanks for calling out Kelby, Ron Swanson. Uh, anybody else wants to call into the show and call out Kelby in future episodes that Kelby's on, super happy to do that. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate thanks. your thoughts, dude. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got two more callers. Mark, Travis, can can you can you be a little less lazy and drag them an inch further on your uh, screen? I don't have per- I don't I don't have permissions to add them in general. So if but you, you want, have permission to you... add them to waiting room? Yes, yes. The, you I are you are this. The I, I, it's on me. Event. Yeah, it's on you. <laughs> Could you be a little less incompetent and give me the permissions I need? Absolutely not. That's yeah. just how I am. All right, we got Joker can't spell. Uh, esports veteran on the show. How's it going? Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, where are you calling uh, from? What's up, dude? Hey, hey, hey. I am calling from the East Coast. I'm in New York right now. Okay, very cool. So I've heard, I've had a few things come across my desk, and I guess my question for you guys is, what is BamTech going to have to do in order to succeed and make that money that they spent on content meaningful? Yeah, so and, first, uh, first this off... This is a great question. What, what... This is like too good of a question to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, take yeah, yeah. this hour. All right, so can, do you guys want to hear like the insight that I've heard? Just like Yes. Well, hang on, hang first. on. Let, let me, for those that don't know, because no. oh, the God, vast okay. majority of our audience isn't going to know, <laughs> BamTech... Otherwise known as MLB Advanced Media, a year ago, people will remember I did a interview with uh, the BamTech and the heads of Riot Esports about this new deal where BamTech was going to be doing the stream and they were going to become an official broadcaster. They were going to build out like an app and all this stuff and a mobile app and and there were discussions around like a subscription service. A year later, nothing has materialized and we've heard rumors. Uh, I think, oh god, I'm sorry that I can't remember the esports media site that broke some stuff around it, but. Uh, Joker can't spell. I think it was Richard Lewis. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, Joker can't spell. Veteran in the industry. What do you? What have you heard? So I ran across a random guy who, like, um, he had he is very close with somebody who works over there. And one of the situations that they ran into was that they hired like something like a hundred engineers in the last seven months. And uh, I want Kelby to I want Kelby to chip in on this, where it's like you know if you're building a tech product, hiring a yeah. hundred engineers is not necessarily the best solution. Just yeah, but they're but the, league is like the smallest thing that they're doing, right? Yeah, right. No, and I mean it just I, that kind of scared me. And then um, the other one is it's kind of like you know I've seen like these content deals go around. Travis, you're familiar with how much money like media makes. Mark, I'm sure you are as well. Um, like you can't one if it's not exclusive, you're not going to necessarily pull the audience. And two, yeah. if the only way you're monetizing it is through ads. Like that's like Bamtech paid a ton of money for that. Well, a couple things. So like, they... you know, fraction. They said that they, they, I can't remember how they worded it because as always, Riot is coy, but they were basically saying they were looking at a subscription service. So like a premium service where maybe you get extra features and stuff unlocked or you get access to a mobile app, you know, that basically the experience for fans would not change as is, but that you would be able to spend money and get a more, like a better viewer's experience from from this. So that's one way that we're going to monetize it. Uh, and then also through, I think, sp- like they, I think, are supposed to help bring in sales to like sponsors, not just like pre-roll and stuff, but sponsors and that kind of thing into the LCS broadcast. I don't know. I, I mean, I just, I feel like the like from my experiences and like you know trying to compete with Twitch twice over. Um, yeah, formerly Azubu, by the way. Formerly MLG TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like it's really hard to pull away audiences, and it's kind of yeah. like, you know. It, I mean, the only way that I can see it is maybe making it exclusive. So you say, like... so they said they would not make it exclusive. Uh, but I think, 
I disagree, and I, I say this knowing there's a Twitch employee on the show. I apologize, Kelly, but I uh, was going to say that I think you that YouTube's at, done a pretty good job. Yeah, YouTube with the LOL Esports broadcast has bled viewership from Twitch consistently since they came in. But um, I mean, that's been like a five-year battle for them. Six yeah, years. Yeah, they're at like fifty percent so, now. But, but what happens when if I'm watching on like the Bamtech official stream that I get I can earn Blue Essence? in game or something like that right you yeah. can create a, a premium experience that will entice people away i also think that riot maybe more than anybody else on a live streaming platform has the ability to redirect traffic to wherever they want to it does have to come client. from the publisher i agree yeah through the client through lollysports.com yep. is where i'm sure where a lot of people watch because they've got even just having that simple little stat graphic on the side i think it's pretty good so i have always been uh, I've had high hopes and a lot of faith in this BamTech deal to be an interesting a way for LCS to create revenue. But yes, it, well, the biggest question for me is where is it like a year later? Yeah. Yeah. Do we think that, I mean, BamTech has to have outs on this deal, right? At yeah. what I mean, point? I, I, can't, I can't believe that it's $300 million up front, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and like, how is that weighted? At what point? does BamTech look at this and be like, man, we've spent this much money so far. We have, and depending on the waiting, this much coming up, uh, we have these outs potentially to activate. At what point are they like, we're making enough progress on this or not making enough progress on this where like, it doesn't make sense for us to continue anymore. And I agree entirely with you guys that uh, in order to make this thing impactful and successful for BamTech and for Riot ultimately, you have to do probably like one of two things. You either have to one go exclusive, and that has multiple issues just because like you, and know, you have to make it better. Backlash. Yes, you have to find a way to serve ads that don't hit ad block and monetize sponsorship sales against those against that broadcast that nobody's done in order to like get anywhere near this you know fifty million dollar a year number, or you have to not necessarily create a better product but reward the viewer more i think you have to bait them in like you do in like other esports titles where you provide incentives for watching but that of course has a cost to the developer that probably goes into their equation for you know essentially how much are we willing to pay for people watching the broadcast and are we making back more than that from the band tech deal from their ability to monetize that audience yes. i don't necessarily know that that's very easy. Nobody's Twitch chat, yet in Twitch chat right now is very insistent that we all know that BamTech got purchased by Disney and that Disney now owns the majority of the company. I think I think we all know that in this, and it's worth mentioning, but it doesn't change like the financial reality well, no. here. Yeah, I think it does change something because it's like okay, if you look at Riot, they're owned by Tencent, and I've and I've I remember seeing something where Tencent and Disney were in conflict over something. So, yeah, you know, but like, I mean those battles take place across like there are giant like battlefields between companies and oftentimes you know companies will work together in one area and compete in the other i'm not worried too much about that i think the only thing it does change is disney owns espn so disney might be willing to take a longer loss on this bam tech deal thinking and disney seems to be pushing more and more into esports like not only do they have espn esports but they've also been putting shit on their their polaris or whatever and the they're pushing is. espn more into streaming as well yeah. So I think that the Disney purchase probably does give the BamTech deal a longer buffer, mm -hmm. but I 
I don't know if, yeah, I mean, the question is still, like, they have to do something at some point in time. Also, how do you recoup this money? Also, like, the problem is there's just so much detail. Like, we don't, for all we know, Riot got paid, you know, yeah. $10 million this year or something. On the other hand, Riot could have gotten nothing because nothing happened. So we just don't know. I feel like they got, pa- I feel like they, they had to have gotten paid. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think probably the path for success here, if it happens, and I'm not saying it's easiest, is they develop a product that is really good somehow it's not it's so hard to do man with some sort of integration through the platform tracking you know you're watching rewarding you for watching and also putting it on through the client so that you're getting counting you're counting the viewership from the people that are just logged in playing league of legends but anybody who's doing strict like analysis on the statistics there yeah is going to see what the viewer is actually worth and you're just hoping that people who are buying that inventory aren't smart about it yeah, Either I had way, like two. Oh, I had two more, but I don't. I don't know. I feel yeah, like I don't yeah. want to take. We probably need to wrap up. We're we're coming up yeah. on one a.m. here. So thank you, thank you for the question, though, dude. Yeah. That was really awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Joker. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you, Anton. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you want to grab our last guy? Yep. Okay, Mike Spam, right here. Mike Spam, uh, longtime supporter. Good to talk. Very to you. long time. Yeah, yeah. Good to talk to you. Where are you calling from, Mike Spam? Uh, Seattle. Seattle. Nice. My home city. Yeah. It's great. I love it. So You have good taste, dude. You're going to close out our show for us. What do you got for us, Mike Spam? All right. All-Stars and Rift Rivals suck. (laughs) 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 You just all admit that these two tournaments just need to either be merged into one or just disappear. Oh, I don't think they should merge them into one. Uh, The problem is I don't think that – like Rift Rivals, I think everybody – I think some of us agree that it was it's not worth it, but from a viewership perspective and from a riot perspective, I think they'll be like, "Oh, this is a great way we're adding international competition." Let which me tell wants. you on All Stars Rift Rivals, okay, where we take the Rift Rivals format and the All Stars voting, and we make it so we have these regional clashes where people actually care about the regional clashes. Then we take that free week in the middle of the season, put an extra week of break between MSI and the start of summer, so our MSI teams actually have time to either prep or be rested, and everything's better. So wait, Isn't are you, this you just the original All-Star? All-Stars concept? Not really, because we're breaking it up again. So, so, so... we have the NA versus EU All-Stars that happened oh okay. and then we have the korea china lms wasn't it all-star that happens because what is all-stars except my region's mid laner against faker and fans voting for the players they didn't get to see together at once yeah i think uh you're extending the else the e- league esports season even more at this point which is pretty painful um, no, you're not because you're cutting all stories. Yeah, but for think about but like it this a, way. the idea of like a team being together or something. Yeah, like a a double lift or someone is playing like let's say, like double lift is not going to all star this year. He would like he'd lose an even a, an extra week this year or in your format. You know. No. Only if he got voted into All-Stars does he lose that week. Okay. Because already, in the current summer split, we have a week 
where we just take off for Rift Rivals all of a sudden. Well, but so you're saying you're merging these two. So who's going to represent the Rift Rivals portion? Because what people liked about Rift Rivals was that it was competitive between our top team versus Europe's top team, and we shit on them. And, you know, that's that's where a lot of the enjoyment came from. I didn't see that sentiment around Rift Rivals time. Maybe really? I just completely missed it. I, I, I feel like it was there. Yeah, and I, I think so, too. Yeah. That, that was the only reason it was acceptable, was that, like, yeah, that we, we played each other with real teams. If you made Rift Rivals some fun tournament and put it at the end of the year, I don't think anyone would enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think anyone enjoys All-Stars. Well, no, All Stars is the worst. Yeah, All Stars is the worst. I I plan on doing a whole video just based on the uh, like this weird dichotomy that they they always they can't ever ever since the the first one was good. After that, it just became like All Stars is not fun or it's it's just fun, <laughs> and uh, and then we don't reward anybody. And then it's like, oh, All Stars is super serious, but it's like fan voted and there's no prize pool and. It's just See, like this weird I didn't mind the it's fun, but we're doing the team fire and team ice. Yeah, team thing. fire, team ice was the worst thing ever. The fact that that lasted for so long is one of the. I greatest. disagree because it gave fans something tangible. For no, me. it wasn't tangible. It was just like a bunch of bullshit. It's like yeah, we randomly put these guys on ice and team, and this one's no, on fire. There's all these points. You got an IP boost. And yeah, you got a but skin vote. Do you think and you people, got a player vote. Do you think people really cared about like the IP boost and like rallied around like people like the All Stars is about regions. Like people were cheering more, I think, for NA than they were for Team Fire Team Ice. So, I, it gives people a reason to care I mean, about do, the event itself more than just I want NA to go do well. Well yeah, I think what, you don't what need I would say else. is 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 it made the event more enjoyable for some fans in the sense like now there is a reason for me to vote for Team Fire or Team Ice, but it didn't make watching it any more enjoyable. Is is I think the point Travis is making. We're like, I would I, agree with that. Yes, like I, I can see that. Like maybe I didn't it give meant, a shit. Well, you don't play the game. I do play the game, Why? but no, you don't. Why would you care about IP or Blue Essence when you don't care about? The because game? I just don't think that like for people that are playing, I don't think that IP and Blue Essence. Like I, people watch esports for the the regions, and that's why they're cheering. They're not cheering in the hopes that they can get blue essence. I think I I, I you, agree for the most part, but I do think some fans probably enjoyed it more than just random shit. I don't think y'all starts to get. I don't even know why we're having this discussion. I mean, the, the, providing stuff in game does drive a lot of viewership for other esports titles. It depends what you're providing. Yeah, but, but that's I mean, not. Like, you could drive viewership that way, but it's not like people are going to cheer for... I don't know. I mean, sure. like, the, the Faker and Bjergsen being on the same computer and playing was, like, a pretty... A, a relatively, I don't know how to put this, like, iconic moment, in a sense. Yeah. For, like, East versus West, kind of like... I don't mind the fun stuff, but I'm just saying Team Ice and Team Fire is bullshit. What about this? This is another idea I've kicked around. Have... if. Where we have all stars right now, a giant one v one tournament, and that's it. It's just a one v one tournament, and we say this is a one off, weird, wacky event. All these players, I don't know what you do, fan vote for what players you want to see go compete. This giant one v one tournament. 
Because you're losing over Mike's family. I fell fell asleep before you finished the idea. Yeah, I think think if this was a a Dota concept, it would be a much better idea because, you know, Dota 1v1s are like skill competitions, but in League... (laughs) I made it it so far in the episode, guys, before bringing this up, so you should be really proud of me. Um, But in League, yeah, it's it's boring. We're losing... We're losing Kelvin. I've lost. You don't, you don't want to see Caitlyn push a turret down 1v1? Ooh, yeah. Oh, look. He hit a CS. Uh, oh. Oh, we lost Kelby. Audio cut out. I don't know what happened. That's right. Okay, so. Did you actually mute him? So, uh, let's, let's. Mike Spam, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. It was yeah, good having you. Yeah, thanks for letting me rant about. Yeah, I, I think we. an idea that's vastly hated. Yeah, I think we agree. Huh? I take no offense. Yeah, yeah. You swing and you miss sometimes. Right. Have a have a good one. Thanks. You yeah. too. Thanks, dude. All right. So yeah. that's the show. Uh, we'll do some shout-outs here. Mark, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, not a ton. I mean, it's kind of the, uh, for me, a little bit of the doldrums. Um, I'll be working on a bunch of random videos. So please follow my Twitter at TheMarkZ, T-H-E-E. Uh, I'll be doing just a lot of, like, random stuff i do stuff with offline tv i do my own league related stuff i do non-league related stuff a little bit more now um so check out that stuff yeah uh kelby i got nothing dude there's no point to shout out the chain smokers anymore so you know what am i what am i living for yeah but thanks for having me on this was super fun yeah it was super fun having uh, you you're actually a great guest yeah thanks dude our first guest and our, our best so far uh, MNP uh, subbed. I want to give a shout out to them. Thank you for that. And for everyone else, thanks for watching. I really, really like doing the show. It's great to be able to come back and, and do it again. It's been a bit since we've been able to do this. Uh, for me, myself, I don't have a job. You know, uh, Mark, he's got that great thing going on over that offline TV GG. Uh, That's a stretch making, to call that making, a job. Making Scott. Uh, I mean, we try to do a lot of things together, and you're like, I got to go work on offline TV GG stuff. Whether you're getting paid or not. You've got a job. Um, and, and let's be honest here. Mark is probably getting paid a shit ton because Scar has just got all that Acer money. So all I'm saying is help an independent media content creator out. TravisGaffer.com slash support. Use your Twitch Prime sub, whatever. You know, all that stuff helps. Thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, sub to my YouTube channel. We'll try to do these more often. Thanks to Mark. Thanks to Kelby. Thanks for all the people that called in. Another episode in the can. Thanks, guys.